June is Worthless Degree Awareness Month. Prevent a loved one or yourself from going to college, signing their life away for a $250,000 student loan that can never be paid back because they majored in something stupid and worthless. Get that loved one in your life or yourself. My books, Worthless, The Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major, and Reconnaissance Man. For those of you who don't know what to do if you don't know what to study in college. Both are available at Amazon.com. Spread the good word through the hashtag Worthless Degree Awareness Month. Welcome to the Clary Podcast. A division of Aaron Clary, LLC. Brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. And now, your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Oh, not a good day in Cappy Cap. No, it's a, it's a good day. Nothing bad has happened. I just... You ever injure yourself and it gets worse over time? Like, usually you get injured and, and at that moment in time, you know, you break a bone or you pull a muscle, it hurts the most at that moment in time. And then over, slowly but surely over time, it gets better. This is the opposite. I had to go and do some yard work and I was uh, trimming trees. And, um, and just like a little wince, like on, on the left pectoral muscle or the armpit muscle, whatever that muscle is. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And no, you can't do that. You just can't push through it like you were younger. And uh, I thought, eh, it's all right. Eh, you know, this I've done worse. Then I went to the gym and did the work that exact same muscle group. And then the next day, I could not use my left side uh, because unfortunately, muscles are all interrelated. And literally, like, I needed nursing and help getting into my car. Because of a pec muscle. The legs are fine. Hips are fine. Everything is fine. It's just this... I'm even hurting myself yelling now. Just this one muscle... I don't know. Somehow is tangentially attached to every other muscle. And if I want to hit the can, go number two, Z, it hurts. It just hurts. It's been getting worse. I had to, like, sleep on one side. And I had to, like, use one arm to get up and just kind of literally roll out of bed, get on my knees, pull myself up using my good arm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just not good. Not good. And uh, I thought I could run yesterday, but all you do is you agitate it because of the bouncing up and down. And it just, I just, I'm in a wreck. I'm in a wreck. And all you girls, all three of you that listen to the clip, none of you gay guys. Bless you all. Thank you. I just, I want some all poor babying from the women. From the women. The gay kid. I bet you we, I, I bet you, I'm not joking. I bet you we have more gay men listening to the Clary podcast than we do women. Because, of course, we hate women here. Didn't you guys hear? Didn't you gay men hear? I hate the gays too. Didn't you hear that? That's what they said on the news. That's what everybody else says. I loved it when we had the, the what was it, the Mad Max Fury internationally and just a, just what a spin and how inaccurate, just bold, bold, bold-faced lies 
the different um, tabloids were like, I was like, I didn't say that. I'm not, I'm not a men's rights activist. I'm none of these things. I, I kind of, I knew, I knew the media was bad. You know, like CNN setting up the fake, uh, the fake news over in, in London. I knew that the media was bad. I knew, it, and I knew this from long ago when the Star Tribune, if you're, if you've ever heard of it, it's this thing called a newspaper and they're, they're going the way they should. And that is down the sewers. Uh, but I remember the guy interviewing me and, and I thought this guy would be on my side because it was about the housing bubble. There was no, really no politics involved. And he spun it to make me sound like the whiniest little, I'm like, really? Really? That's what you guys do, huh? And that's why you never talk to the media. You never talk to the media. And especially now, well, you, you don't even talk to them, but you Americans have got, you Americans, you've got to realize the, the British tabloids, especially people on the right, um, you guys got to, the Daily Mail is not a reputable source. Just because it comes from Britain and they all sound David Niveny. Oh, yes, that happens. No, two dinglicklicklicklicks. And yes, I'll have, I'll have two cups of tea with my sugar. Thank you very much. That doesn't mean they're smarter or more moral or have more noble and higher purpose. The Sun Herald, the Daily Mail, pretty much, you could, I'd almost say pretty much anything coming out of the UK is garbage. I would not trust any of it. Maybe the Financial Times. That's the only reputable magazine news source I know coming out of the United Kingdom. But the BBC and the Guardian are, are, are laughable. Um, they are, they're jokes. They're, they're government mouthpieces, and I do mean that. And then the rest of it is just, it's sensationalism. It's, go look at the, look, go walk down your average grocery store aisle. Look at the layout of the, of the Inquirer and, and whatever else is a tabloid nowadays. And then tell me it's not the exact same thing if you look at a cover of the Daily Mail or the Daily Sun or the Sun Herald or any, whatever they're called. The star, I looked them up. I was going to do a piece on it, but I just like, look, if I can't, if you guys can't figure out that the Daily Mail is is propaganda and lies of, of a non-political variety, it's just yellow, brown journalism as a game, we call it journalism. If you guys on the right can't figure out that the Daily Mail is not something to be trusted, like you cannot trust it at all, that it ranks up there with vice, in terms of just brown journalism, that I, I there's nothing I can do. I am not. I'm done playing babysitter. Done trying to point out bubbles and things and error. I, I'm I'm not paid, so I don't play. But uh, for for my listening audience, because I know a couple of you will send it, you'll say, "Hey, Aaron, did you see this?" And I looked. I'm like, "Dude, it's it's the Daily Mail." And like, didn't didn't you get like what was it? God bless him. Not, nothing smirching upon the guy, but this guy sent me this thing, and it was an article. I think it was the Daily Mail. And here's this picture of this cutesy blonde with big ass cans, huge cans, pronounced and and uh, uh, very clearly uh, prominent in the picture, showing her cleavage. And it was white girl leaves. Goody two-shoe husbands for Jamaican lover. I'm like, really? 
That didn't raise a flag that this might be sensationalism, that this might be BS, BBS. And then why? So what? How is that newsworthy? Why is that on their front page? What if this isn't I mean, really isn't there more important things going on in the world than some theoretical potential uh, uh, UK white chick, single mom with big cans? having an affair with a guy in Jamaica, don't you think that kind of rakes pretty low? Like, I don't know about you, but that doesn't affect my day. Uh, Somebody blowing up a bunch of people in a public square, that might affect my day, might affect my life. Uh, The financial markets, that might affect me. Even Donald Trump leaving the Paris uh, Accord has more of an effect on me. But why would they put this, this salacious thing of it? Do you not see? Do you not see? Not asking everybody to be all, you know, on the, you know, to keep up with the UK theme. I'm not asking everybody to be Sherlock Holmesy type level, uh, but I am asking us to use our brain a little bit here, guys. Don't don't even bother with the Daily Mail. It, you are reading lies. You are about ninety percent lies. There's a seed of truth in there, like every tabloid. But I I won't even bother reading anything coming out of the UK. I just wouldn't bother reading it. Financial Times would be, even The Economist, The Economist is just like their NPR, except it's sort of maybe private sector. Maybe. But there's no reason. All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. First and foremost, I forgot the last podcast. I don't know where my head was. Maybe it was in cloud 11. They had to create two whole new layers of clouds for this. My One of my former bosses is dead. I found out. Talking to an old banking buddy of mine, he happened to be at this party I was at. I'm like, holy cow, you. I didn't say you. I I said his first and last name. I said, how the heck are you? And we got to chit-chatting. And he says, I said, what about old fatso? Because I'm not going to use the man's name as desperately as much as I want to. Maybe I'll publish a book where I name everybody. Because then I die. And then there'd be no one for you assholes to sue. Um, But the thing is... It, it's like that would be the most notoriety these people would ever receive in there because they are losers. I do know where pretty much all my ex-bosses are. I do know what they're doing. And it's like, well, if, if why would I? It's kind of like if the Joker gets you in his slights, that's kind of a compliment. There's a bit, you must have done something. Whereas now I'm debating, it's like, you know what? Let him die in obscurity. Let them die unknown and irrelevant. But the only thing I'd highlight is how these people were part of the snowflakes and the avalanche that helped ruin the United States and global economy back in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008. That might be the only thing to mention about these people, but even then, their names would go down in history. Whereas this guy died a fat, bloviated bleep. Unfortunately, it's a curse-free podcast. This psychopath, this nutjob, and I do mean that. I do mean that. This isn't just, oh, Aaron, oh, my boss is a dick, man. This guy was responsible. You guys want to go and have a headhunt. You want to go and get the banker scum. I'm with you guys on that. That's one thing I could totally get down with Occupy Wall Street and all you social justice warriors. I'm with you there, and this is one of the guys who should have had his head stuck in a guillotine, except we have to build a big one because he was such a fat lard ass. This is the guy that I applied for a job outside of the job I was working under him under uh, to be a, a vice president of a commercial lending division. And I would have been good, certainly better than him. He ended up getting the job, ironically. And then I find out that you know a year later, 
he ends up getting a cease and desist order working under this bank he was working at. I mean, that's, and that's the thing. You, everybody went with the buddy-buddy system. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Jim. Oh, good old Jim. Like, there was this element of 1970s, 1980s jock BS going on. Like, oh, he's a good guy. Never mind their track record or that one in every two loans they made went into default. Never mind that. There was this element, not of the good boy network. I know you girls want to go that route. Oh, everything is man and penis. It's, it wasn't that. It was more the like, oh, you play football. Oh, I played for, you know, it was Al Bundy type of thing. Oh, I played for BFU, oh, you played for CFU, oh, man, did you ever play in this bowl or that bowl? And, oh, yeah, I used to play rear-end tackle. And then, like, that somehow makes you a good banker. That makes you a good economist or a good uh, assessor of credit and risk and whether or not you should lend money out. More Dallas, like, a deal's a deal. No, well, you come on down to the ranch, we hoo-dang-diggly, and then hop-nop-diggly-diggly, and then we'll have ourselves some scotches, woo-wee! Ethel, Ethel, come on in, get some steaks on the steak. Now, this here, my good new friend, uh, Bob. Bob, he, he's a fat bleep up from Minnesota. He got himself uh, some dinner. Now, he, he, he got some problems. He got some problems, but who don't? Lord said forgive. And, you know, I made some deals back in the day uh, where they were, uh, you know, no, one got per- no one's got a clean record, Eth- Ethel, don't you look at me like that, I pay for this house and this ranch, by God, woman, you will see the back of my hand, now you will pay Bob the proper respect, even though he's a fat, lazy F, we're gonna get, we're gonna get ourselves some steak and potatoes, we're gonna make ourselves some money, and by God, whoo! who dang diggly dangly, if the taxpayer don't bail us out, that's too bad, cause we know they will. Ain't that right, Billy Big, 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 Billy Bob? Bob is not his name. So that's the type of, that's how this fat, bloated piece of crap got. And then sure enough, he ran that bank right into the ground, too. So my buddy, colleague, say, how is who dang digging diggly little Bob? Which isn't his name. He's like, he's dead. <laughs> I just smile. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Massive heart attack. And I'm like, that is just too bad. And he, and now this colleague, like everybody's much nicer than me. I'll grant you that. They don't have this darkness. I, I do have this large, dark part of my soul where when bad people die, I'm happy. I don't know why you guys don't have that. I don't know. Oh, you know, man, you know, you, you shouldn't wish death on people. Yeah, actually, you should wish death on people. Like mass murderers, tyrants, genocidal maniacs, uh, dictators, and banking scum who lived off of and ruined, at least this guy's case, scores of other people's lives lending them money they never should have been lent in the first place. This is banking. This guy deserved to die a painful death. He didn't. He died a heart attack because he was a fat, lazy bleep. But I was like, he's happy. I was not happy like he was dead. I was like, that is awesome. But what was better than it being awesome is if you look, and this is the eulogy I want to leave him with because this is the best and this is what he should be known for. What he, what he accomplished in life, and that was nothing. He accomplished nothing. This guy had a fat wife. He himself was fat. 
The sex was probably not good. Well, it wasn't good. It can't be good if you're fat. He had a crappy career working from crappy bank to crappy bank. He didn't realize he was his own problem. Wherever he went, I'm sure the stress he brought upon himself accelerated his death. He just went from one sinking ship to the other, but he ended up plugging a bunch of, not plugging, but shooting a bunch more holes in the ship only to have it accelerate and sinking faster. And I don't think the guy made it to retirement. That guy, and I remember, he would buy like new vehicles. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? So he w- his finances could not have been that good. They weren't that bad. He, he could afford a relatively new vehicle. He wasn't buying Ferraris or nothing. But I'm thinking like, this guy never got around to retiring. This guy's last, what is it, at least decade of life was working in crappy banks. I remember, try, remember how much fun I had working in these banks? Remember just what a psycho environment was? He had to endure that until he was dead. Dude couldn't have been much more than 62, 63. I guarantee he probably did not retire. If he did, it was maybe a year or two into it. And he died. He died. That's that's the worst face, fate I can think of anybody, is you got to stay working in banking until you're dead. It's like this, uh, what was it? Some guy, he was... He had to be a teacher. It was dreamed to be a teacher, except the guy stayed in teaching to get his 20 years retired. And it was his life dream to be a teacher, but he didn't realize that his life dream was at the time, 17, 18, when he went to become a teacher in college. Because we know teachers are great when you go straight from high school to college back to high school to teach again. And so the guy who was telling this story was like how this guy was miserable being a teacher, but he let that fact that it was his dream at the age of 17 to determine that he wanted to become a teacher that ruined the rest of his life. And sure enough, I think two days after he retired, he died because the kids killed him. The job killed him. Just a wasted life. This is great. This guy, he wasted his life. This fat, bloated piece of crap Wasted his life. That's his uh, epitaph, his uh, eulogy, his his legacy. His legacy is he wasted his life. He didn't have no fun. He didn't stay in shape. He killed himself essentially being a fat, bloated F. For all you women who believe in that Dove commercial. You know, that just want to point that out. Um, his His psychological life must have been hell. Because I remember, in hindsight now, I, I remember what was happening, you know. He would keep telling me, we got to find a way to say yes to deals. got to find a way to say yes to deals. Because his bosses were coming down on him because they really knew just how quickly the ship was sinking. And they were trying to do a, a cash scam. Get cash in now, get the fees, get the, get the closing costs, get some, and then get it out on the secondary market so we unload this garbage, this toxic garbage, and then get our cash coming in. To make up for all the loans we were holding that were absolute garbage themselves. Just just what a sad, pathetic life he led. And he's not listening now. I just but for those of you who know what I'm talking about, if you happen to listen to the Clary podcast. For those of you who like hate Baker scum, be happy. This guy's dead. He wasted his life. Not that I'm a big fan of karma. But stupid people pay a huge toll in life being stupid, ignoring reality, trying to, you know, well, dear, you're going to get through to who did that? I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it mathematically in all of its clarity on people's balance sheets. 
Again, I'll say it because I want you guys to feel better because it's true. But all these fake rich people, you, you may be envious of that guy on the boat. You may be envious of that guy with the Mercedes. You may be envious of that woman with the least Range Rover. But by God, guys, I so rarely saw anyone that actually had that much wealth. Everybody else is borrowing it. And the reason they borrow it is because they just can't be happy with themselves. They can't be happy with what they got. Think about how sad this is. At the age of 55, these people are still playing a game that was created in middle school where you go and try to impress other people with physical items because you yourself are a worthless piece of crap that offers nothing of entertainment, engagement, uh, intellectual stimulation. So you got to drive the fancy car and the fancy SUV and you got to have it all leased leased and borrowed and you got to get the McMansion. And you guys don't own a cent of it. I saw it. I saw people's balance sheets. Not one of them actually owned anything. None of them were solvent. And if they were, they were solvent by by a razor-thin margin. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I knew waitresses that had more net worth than most of these, quote, millionaire investors coming to my banks asking us for money. And you think about that. Why would millionaire investors, all these successful rich businessmen, come to crappy banks to borrow money? What do you got to borrow money for? If you are really a millionaire, you should have a couple mil laying around in cash. You don't need to borrow crap. My gosh, I never want to borrow money again. Coming off, I'm paying off the house here. Going to happen sometime in my lifetime. I'm never like, it it brings up an interesting, what's going to happen to your credit score? I don't care. I don't need to borrow money ever again. I will never borrow money ever again. I paid off the house. It's done. I don't have any use to borrow money ever again. And so if you're, quote, rich and you're a, quote, successful businessman, why the hell do you need to borrow money? You should not have to borrow money. You should just be able to pay cash for it if you're truly rich. And that's that's the thing. You ever see a fancy high-end car going into a no-name bank, that person does not have money. The, and the reason it's a no-name bank, like not a Wells Fargo or a Bank of America, you see some high-end car going into like, you know, the piddly little bank that has one or two branches in, in the area, right? That person does not have money. They're faking it because all the other real banks shot him or her down for loans. And now they're going to the piddly banks. Truly rich people go to private banks. They don't you won't see them at a, at your local Wells Fargo or Bank of America branch. They just don't go there. Truly rich people go to private banks because they do not want to dick around with crap, right? And different, you know, like U.S. Bancorp does have a private banking division. The large companies do. You don't see them at the at the, you know, Western Union or not Western Union, Western Country Bank and and Teller Corporation. Uh, office branch by the British Petroleum. You don't see that. And that was this guy's life. So, hope you're in hell, you piece of crap. I think the devil would have, he'd have to increase the size of hell to boil away all your fat. But you're dead. You are dead. And more importantly, hey, everybody dies. I'm going to die. It's not the fact he's dead. It's the fact that he wasted his life. It's the fact he's a freaking nobody. And so I wanted to uh, spread that good word. All right, let's get some sponsors in here. Praxy, uh, if you need emergency asshole consulting, download the Praxy app on your phone, P-R-A-X-E-Y, and you could contact the captain. It's $2 a minute. 
if for whatever reason you need to contact me. Had a fair amount of people using it, more than I thought it would. I was like, well, wow, people are actually calling. Um, also, if you happen to be some kind of expert or specialist and people would need to contact you for your expertise, typically tradesmen, but, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't know, an accountant, Chad Elkins, uh, you know, and someone has a question about, you know, accounting, it's uh, Praxy is an app that you can use and make money off of. Yes, you have to provide your credit card information. Yes, you have to because they got to pay you somehow or you got to pay to use the app. But to download and install it uh, is free. It's not until you actually call somebody uh, that are you charged. Uh, so it's Praxy, P-R-A-X-E-Y. Uh, you can go to Praxy.com slash home slash user slash asshole consulting to check out my page. It's brand new product, so don't don't expect anything too fancy. You're like, oh my gosh, look at this layout. It's just like kind of me with my face. Hey, here I am. I use Praxy. You should too. The Real Mark Baxter at realmarkbaxter.com. When you're sick and tired of listening to the Clary Podcast, you can listen to The Real Mark Baxter. Go to realmarkbaxter.com and listen to his podcast where he interviews different and prominent feature of people uh, in the red pill world and community. Our Canadian brother up north, Entrepreneurs in Cars. You can find him on YouTube.com. Um, and then the, the Captain's Amazon Affiliate Program. Have you bought your nose hairs trimmers yet? Have you bought your hobby distillery system yet? No, why not? There's a bunch of fun stuff you can buy on Amazon. The amount of adult toys of a non-sexual nature, I mean, like cool toys, like a hobby distillery. I mean, how do do you not buy that? You find that all on Amazon.com. But uh, if you want, do the old captain a favor and do all your Amazon shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. Don't go to Amazon.com. First, go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Amazon banner. You'll see it right there on the top right area. And then when you go there, uh, you'll notice a little... You, you go to the Amazon website after you click there. You just click it. It takes you there. But you'll notice a little bit of extra code. And what that uh, tells Amazon is, hey, it came from the captain. So while you do all your shopping during that session, I get a 6 to 7% commission cut on all your purchases. You don't pay any extra, but I make some money. And that's what keeps... The hosting fees and costs and the lights on here at the Clary Podcast. So get into the good habit of going to my site first, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Do all your Amazon shopping there and uh, make the old captain happy. We have my books, Reconnaissance Man. That's a perfect book. That's a great book for all you kids. Graduating from high school now or finishing off your first year in college and realizing, oh, crap, I really don't know what to do. Do you have that nagging voice in the bottom in your head where you're like, I don't you're like, I don't think I want to keep going to college anymore. But, you know, you've already invested a year into it, and you've been conditioned so much to keep going that you're going to keep going, and it's going to ruin your life anyway. Why don't you make yourself – look, you're going to go down that path for the next three years. Then you're going to get yourself a degree that you don't want and not going to use, and it's going to be worthless. Uh, and then you're going to realize that it, you would have been way ahead of the curve if at that first year when you're listening to this podcast – You heeded the old captain's advice. You bought Reconnaissance Man. And this summer, you instead of, you know, preparing for your next year in college, you said, I'm not going. I'm taking my year off. I'm going to go and explore and figure out my – but I I have no guidance. I don't know where to go. I don't have the rationale or heck. I don't have the argument to give to my folks to explain, Mom, Dad, I don't know what I want to do, and I need to go and figure out what I want to do, and and I think I should take a year off. We have no son. You get your ass into college or get a job. 
because I'm an old dumbass baby boomer who doesn't know that the labor market's changed a little since 1972. Who dang? Well, you buy Reconnaissance Man and read it. Then you give it to your folks, say, Mom, Dad, this is what I want to do. And so that is a book that every kid should read before they head off to college. Related to that is Worthless, the Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. Do not go to college without reading that. Do not send your kids to college without having them read it. This is to the parents. I'm starting to realize. See, the kids don't make any decisions in their lives no more. Even the, quote, adult, independent-minded, rah, 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 uh, millennials, that you guys really are just automatomic robots at the beck and call and command of your parents. And you parents make all this. You send your kids to college. I just don't know. I'm going to pay for my kids way to college. Oh, my God. Like, uh, I got a question. Why don't you just not freaking pay your kids way through college? Filling out their applications for them. Anyway, uh, why don't you parents buy your kid worthless? Why don't you parents read the book worthless? Because June is Worthless Degree Awareness Month. This is a scourge on society. It does affect the majority of young people today, and consequently, it drastically hurts. Worthless degrees drastically hurt economic production and growth. Don't know if you knew this. English majors don't exactly lead the developing edge of the envelope of the U.S. economy. Elon Musk is not exactly, you know, a philosophy major. Why don't you get this book for your kids and make them read it? So that you're not paying for a worthless degree. You're not paying, you're not sending your kid down a life of ruin. You're not wasting four years of their lives, six to eight if you're an idiot and pay their way for a grad school. And uh, you're, you're actually not going to be torpedoing your finances for retirement. Because that's the new thing now. You baby boomers and old Gen Xers ruining your chances for retirement because you pay for your kids worthless crap degrees. I didn't know that the government would make us pay back the money. I, what's it like taking on a second mortgage for not even a house? See, like with a mortgage, you at least have an asset that comes with it. It's called a house. And then you can liquidate the house and pay off all, maybe make some money, maybe just a little bit short, but you can pay off the house. Or pay off the mortgage, rather. But with the worthless college degree, what do you do? Do you go to the market and you try to sell the college degree for a quarter million dollars that you help somebody pay for because you sent your kid to Middlebury? I keep picking on Middlebury because I know one particular lady that went there and she is the epitome of I'm going to lord uh, my hoo-ha over this guy and he's going to pay for everything. She is the classic woman that went from daddy to hubby uh, and they just paid for a worthless degree, and now she's in an academia, of course. And um, the the people I met, I went to a party, and they were all Middlebury graduates. Oh, we needed a lot of hollow tip bullets. Those people really did think highly of themselves. Just <laughs> not a one. Not a one producing any GDP. Actually taking away GDP because they don't solve no problems. They just create more. We should call them broken window fallacy people because they just break a lot of windows and like, oh, we're fixing problems. No, you're not. Just making more. Anyway, so get worthless. The Young Person's Indispensable indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. All these books available in paperback, Kindle, and audio. 
Uh, black man's guide to poverty. That's for any of you uh, young or old black gentlemen. Uh, that sim- it's uh, the subtitle says it right there for black men who demand better. All right, that's it. Are you sick and tired of playing second fiddle? Are you sick and tired of being in last place? You want to make white man money? Screw that. You don't want to make white man money. Why would you want to make white man money when you can make Asian man money? That's that's the type of wisdom that's in here. There's nothing stopping you. And so uh, the black man's guide out of poverty was my how-to manual to get out of poverty for any black men who are in it. Some people say, hey, it's it's any man's guide to get out of poverty if you're a poor man. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly some ru- there's certainly some universal rules and laws that apply there, but it is tailored towards black men. Hispanic men, eh, I, I'm sorry. Guys got to learn English to read it. That's why I didn't call it the minority man's guide out of poverty because I know how hard it is for you guys to learn English. Uh, so I'm going to focus on the black men who, frankly, uh, based on ancestry, really didn't have a choice of coming here or not. <laughs> Whereas the uh, the Latinos came here voluntarily and don't seem to want to leave. Ah, but wait, hey, we love America. We're America's just like you, except, well... Yo no hablo inglés. Donde está la welfare oficia? Give us your women. I always like those those villains in the spaghetti westerns. Where are your women? <laughs> Which are very few in between, but you always like the 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 dirty Mexican bandit. Just like, just at least they were honest. At least, you know, you know what? He just wants your money and the women to get drunk. You almost want to cheer that guy on. Eh, he's more honest than the than the uh, the evil cattle baron who's always trying to like bribe the officials and keep the U.S. You know, keeps the keeps the poor uh, settling town, the settlers in the town, keeps the town folk enslaved to him with the bad bark bandit gang. All right, I've been watching too many westerns. All right, so uh, we got that. Black man's got a property. Bachelor Pad Economics, that's for all you boys out there. It carries you from birth to death. Every financial move, both major and minor, men are going to face. Women too, but I know women don't want to listen to math or reason or or the harsh lessons that are therein of the book, which entails minimalism, spending less than you make, not majoring in stupid crap, and, and just I, I just know that that doesn't sell. There are some women, God bless you, who do want to know the truth, who do want to succeed in life, and uh, you are the precious few, but highly coveted, highly valued. Bow down at your feet, because you're awesome. Girls that, you know, dude, I'm going to major in STEM. I do want to make as much money as men. I'm not going to whine and complain. So yeah, absolutely, that book is for you, but it is not for average American female consumption. Terribly sorry, ladies, you will not like it. Uh, we also have Enjoy the Decline. Uh, this is more for the leftists. I'm finding I have a whole new market for uh, Enjoy the Decline. And that is leftists who think the end of the world is Donald Trump because he left the Paris Accord. My God, do you leftists let that man ruin your lives? Holy cow. I, you know, I thought the left had an irrational hatred of Bush. Like, the media did a great job of getting you guys all hot and bothered about him. But, man, Trump just... You guys are just sheep, man. You you will follow whatever CNN, MSNBC, and your now increasing number of extremist left-wing sites tell you. You guys will get so... The guy... Donald Trump wiped with right hand instead of left. Oh, my God. 
You guys will believe every lie you're told and you will let it ruin your weekend. It's great. It's great. Uh, so enjoy the decline that's available. Accepting and living with the death of the United States. So now that it's a Republican in office, it means the death of the United States for you leftists. Uh, Curse of the High IQ. Uh, that's for everybody listening. If you are listening to this, you need to get this book. That's how simple it is. If you're smart enough to listen to this podcast, and I'm not joking, I'm not trying to butter you up. I'm telling you right now, you need to get Curse of the High IQ. It's available on paperback, Kindle, and audio. Go ahead and get that. And then Poor Richard's Retirement, today, as of today, it is available in all three formats. It just got available uh, in audiobook. I will tell you um, the good news with audiobook. If, if you haven't bought an audiobook yet, like you've never gotten an audiobook, never gone to audible.com and signed up, uh, if you really, really, really want to help out the old captain here, I get a 50% commission for every first time audible audible member or audible purchase like if you've never bought an audiobook before and you buy it through me it doesn't have to be poor richard's retirement any one of my audiobooks i get a 50% bounty commission cuz like i'm quote introducing you it's like i had the first hit is free actually it's reverse free they pay me 50 bucks so if you if, look for everybody out there if if you thinking like yeah you should get an audiobook yeah should, okay any one of my books will do any one of them go and buy it I get a $50 per, you know, first-time buyer uh, of an audible book. Go to audible.com and and please do because I think the commission on the on the uh, audible book itself is like three to five dollars depending on which one you buy. But if you've never bought one before, you're you know you're an audible.com vir- virgin. Uh, yeah, please go buy because that's like some huge... I was wondering where all these $50 bounty checks were coming in. And like, horrors of horrors. That's horrible. Where are these $50 checks coming from? These are horrible problems that a man who kept it in his pants had a vasectomy and didn't get no women pregnant and basically didn't screw up and kind of did an entrepreneurial thing. These are the problems that we have. <clears throat> uh, but now I found out and I'm like, oh, maybe I should pay attention to these things. Uh... But yeah, that would be great if you guys all started going audible books, which I don't understand. Why Why would you, again, I'm going to go back down the regular route. Why Why does anyone read books? I was talking to Mitch Berg and, and Ed Lattimore. Ed Lattimore is younger than me. I'm like, hey, Ed, do you want a copy of this book? And he reads. He, he's a, a voracious consumer of reading. And I'm thinking, well, Ed's very busy. Ed, Ed has, he's a boxer. He's a, a physicist. He's a, a, an officer in the military. He's got things going on. He obviously would want to listen to the book. He doesn't have time to sit and read. Nope, he wants to curl up with the book. Probably the most badass dude we know, the most ripped dude, maybe except for, for Jack Donovan. And this guy wants to curl up with a good book. Picturing him with a blankie and a kitty cat or something like that. And he's just reading by candlelight. And you don't criticize him because he'll kill you. Uh, he's like, no, send me the paperback. I'm like, ah, Ed. Same thing with Mitch Berg. I'm like, hey, Mitch. He's like, ah, I'll take Kindle. I'm like, uh, you sure you don't want audio? I could give that to you for free easier. No, I want to sit down and read it. So uh, anyway, if you're like me and you're like, I don't want to sit and read because I can't do something else. Uh, and, you know, you're an economist, you're efficient, get all my audiobooks. They're all available except for uh, Black Man's Got Out of Poverty because we haven't gotten there yet. I, I, I should convert it to audiobook. Let me get Marcus Brown to read it. He did a good job reading one of the chapters 
for his YouTube channel. Ah, uh, we should do that. He's he's I I I love sending work uh, to you youngins. Uh, if I ever have like an opportunity, like oh I got like Chris Beckloff, I had some work for him. Like hey, you want to do this for me? He was like yeah, cool. So, um, I don't mind sending it out. But yeah, it'd be good if Marcus. I'll have to. So much to do on the to do list. <clears throat> gotta fix the water main and all this right here. I got my to do list. All this crap I gotta do. Articles, things, ideas. Perpetual motion machine. I did come up with an idea for a perpetual motion machine. I've been trying to contact DT and the man. Say, hey, I got an idea, you know, and and they, you know, they're very busy with their lives. They never get back to you. I was like, oh, I don't know. It'd only be worth a couple trillion dollars. And then everyone pats me on the head saying, oh, sure, perpetual motion machine, which I'm aware. I'm aware of the laws of physics, and and it has to have equilibrium, and the energy has to come somewhere. And I I think I kind of got a clever little workaround, very simple design, actually, but we'll see. I think I'll just go to Home Depot. I think I can buy the stuff to test it out, Um, but I'll have to to look into it. Girlfriend's going to come back. I'll be drilling holes in this metal device, and she'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm making us rich, which at at least by this point, she's known to accept like, hey, when he's doing weird stuff, don't criticize him because oddly enough, money does come from that. For some reason, you know, I used to catch, oh, I used to catch flag. Come on, Clary, put the laptop down. We're busy. Let's have some fun. And then I'm like, no, 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 I'm working on something. Jeez, Clary, loosen up. And all of a sudden, and now, now they're like, oh, well, man, how come you just get $50 checks coming in the mail? What's up with that? How do you do that? It's like, never mind. You didn't want to know when we were at the bar and I broke open my laptop. You laughed at me. It's manna from heaven. It just falls out of the sky. It's white male privilege. Yep, just, you get your white male privilege card, straight white male. I'd make more money. The, it would be $100 checks falling from the sky if I was a Christian. But since I'm not a Christian, I only get $50 checks. But it's the white male straight, straight white male privilege. That's the, It just, just falls out of the sky. Just falls out of the sky. There was no work, no effort. It just, it just shits out from God's ass. Where the hell was I? Uh, Chris the High Q, Poor Richard's Return. Oh, other people's books. Frank Servey's book, uh, Uncle Nick, <clears throat> Burning the Midnight, and um, Where Pretty Lies Perish. And then his latest one, I got it right here, The Bro Next Door. Chad Swagger is your typical American male who enjoys wearing a polo shirt to the office even more so than getting drunk on the weekends with the guys. In his high school yearbook, he stated that his ambitions in life were to work for a large beer company and become... A skilled lover between the sheets. Half as charming as he thinks he is and twice as desperate, Chad's erotic sexual exploits tend to be awkward in the wake of his supreme thirst for love, desire, and admiration. Darkly funny funny and utterly offensive, The Bro Next Door is a twisted character study that exposes a rare side of the characteristic American bro. Um, This, I I should read his book. Now, he's actually converting him into audiobook. I think he did contact Jim Thier... 138.blogspot.com who's the guy who did my audio books but um, then I will read them uh, Ed Lattimore's book not caring what other people think is a super see Ed never I don't know if he has a philosophical or principled uh, hatred of audio books he hasn't converted his book to audio he, and I say hey you got this on audio book yet you could just see him like you know that's the one thing he procrastinates on he'll achieve every and every other endeavor but he's like oh yeah man I haven't like well, come on! You know, I I I print mine in these old archaic 
treat-killing paperback books for your convenience, Ed. Why can't you put it in audiobook? If you guys are wondering, well, who do I have to convert things to audio? I don't know how to record that. You don't have to. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. Go have him do it. He doesn't pay me to advertise on this show, guys. He doesn't. He is a pro. He is the one that does my books for me. And I have no problem, especially if you are a young entrepreneurial male, and he is. I think he's like 23 or 24. He has hustle. He is an entrepreneur. That is so rare, I insist on rewarding that kind of work ethic and that kind of innovation and, above all else, that kind of hustle uh, if, if you're going to put forth the work and put together a good product. And he does. He does. He, he shouldn't have to go to college. He doesn't have to. He has the skills and he has the work ethic. Same thing with RJX. I think it's rjjones.com. He's got great drawing. He's putting, Marcus Brown is coming out with a book. I don't want to give away the tiles. Too good. Too good. Well, I'm just going to keep that under wraps. I should tell you what the title is because he still hasn't seen Die Hard yet. But I'm going to respect this, this the black leprechaun from Chicago's Wishes. And I'm, I'm going to keep it under wraps. Uh, but he had RJX doing the cover and, and he, sh- he shared with me <clears throat> the, the draft. I'm like, man, that RJ, he, he can draw good, man. Does a real good. He's the one that did uh, um, Enjoy the Decline. So look, I already got your support staff if you're, if you're an author. I got the guy who could do your cover, and I got guys who could do your audio books. I got editors. Just have girls read it. They make the, the best editing. Anyway, so uh, Frank Survey's books, you can find them on paperback and Kindle on Amazon.com, as with everybody else's book. And uh, he should have them out on audio as well. Uh, we also have, in the mail, Michael Kingswood's latest. I swear to God, did he write this? I saw him no more than three weeks ago, and I'm wondering, did he uh, did he write this 300-odd-page book? How much is it? 380, almost a 400-page book. Small font, too, so this is, I, I try to, I don't go for page count, I really don't. I, I have an idea, and I will write it, and it's as many pages as it's going to be after that, after which I say, okay, it's an essay or a book. This guy has small font, and it's... 385 pages. I provide a, I do a 1.15 spacing. I don't do single space. I do 1.15 and um, I have font 12 or 11 depending on the font style I use. In other words, I want to make it easy for people to read. So I'm, I'm a little bit more liberal with its size. Not to gain pages because actually then the physical cost of the book goes up. Uh, but it's just for the reader's ease. But you might want to break your glasses out to read this because the font is rather condensed. Uh, but it's called The Pericles Conspiracy. <clears throat> I'll just read it on the back. Josephine Ishikawa's last shift as a captain of the Starliner Pericles changed the course of history, but no one knows about it. The powers that be took charge as soon as she got back to Earth with only a select few permitted to learn about the beings she encountered during the run from Gleesey uh, or the eggs they entrusted, or from the Gleese, it's an alien race, or the eggs they entrusted her to care. Satisfied that the government would make good on her commitment to return the eggs to her home world, Joe returned to her job of getting the Pyricles through a major maintenance overhaul and then back into the stars. But when she learns that the authorities reneged and have begun experimenting on the eggs instead, she faces a difficult choice. Keep the life and career she loves or embark on a quest to rescue the eggs and keep the promise she made to their dying parents out in the depths of space. 
That quest could cost her more than she ever imagined as it plunges her into a shadow war against the planetary government. They'll stop at nothing to keep its secrets. So uh, <clears throat> this is written... Uh, I, I was talking to uh, Michael. He was saying that the uh, you know us evil right-wing conservative uh, white males who aren't Christian, though, so we only get $50 checks of manna from heaven, not the $100 ones. Uh, the He was saying that the... Uh, the heroes in this book are based off of people he knew in the military, the heroine of which uh, is a is more than loosely based off of a woman that he knows. So I'm like, oh, cool. So uh, that's good. And that's not an affirmative action hire. That's like a gal he actually knew. Like, yeah, this gal was pretty cool. I want to base a book more or less off of her. I'm like, yeah, it might be a pretty cool chick. Why am I talking to you? You're boring. Let me go meet this cool chick you write about. That's... <laughs> Anyway, the Pericles Conspiracy, you can find that on uh, Amazon.com. God, we got everybody's book. All right, I already mentioned Ed's book. Oh, Adam Pickett's Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. Uh, that is the story of a man who went on a jet-setting career and lifestyle doing whitewater rafting in Africa, the Canadian Rockies, uh, what the Italian Alps, and other places. And uh, includes motorcycle riding across Australia, girls, and how a boy became a man. And it's all true. 100% true story. It's not, it's not fake. Not even embellished. It's all true. Uh, written by Adam Piggott. So you could go to his site, pushingrubberdownhill.com. You could get his books, Run Guts, Pull Cones, Pushing Rubber Downhill, available in paperback, Kindle, and audio. We also have Marty Andrade's books. Uh, Nix's Guide to the Multiverse and his book on D.B. Cooper. Just search Marty Andrade. On Amazon.com, you'll find his... There's other books he's written as well, but he wants me to promote his D.B. Cooper book. And then my favorite book of his, Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse, because when you're... Are you sick of politics? Are you sick of politics? And you want some funny ha-ha in life? You want to put a smile on your face? You want to be in a good mood? All right, go get Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse and read it. Very funny. Uh, The Catholic Economic Subsidiarity. uh, That was written by James DePresio. Uh, that is basically the way to counter leftist infiltration and leftist politics into the church, namely uh, Catholicism, but it applies to Christianity in general. And, um, yeah, that's a good one if you're religious. I, I do have a, a, a tacit interest in watching an institution like Christianity get overtaken by the larger, more powerful pol- uh, religion of politics called leftism. And like pretty much everything else, it came through the women. Women like, hey, just care. I want to care so much. It says in the Bible to care. Oh, look, here's a way to care with other people's money. I'm voting Democrat. I'm a feminist because I care. And if you don't care as much as me, you're an Easternism and you hate children and the poor. And you're a bad, 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 bad person. And I'm good and moral because I take other people's money and I vote it away to help the children. And so, uh, good luck watching your uh, religion get taken over by the communists, uh, Christians and Catholics. It's been fun knowing you. Um, Kerry Lutz's Viral Podcasting, that's available on paperback and Kindle. And Tap Whiskey. If you guys want to buy some whiskey, why not help out a fellow Manosphereian, Rolo Tomasi. He's got his little side gig going on over there, Tap Whiskey, at tapwhiskey.com. So if you're... If you enjoy whiskey of various varieties, go to tapwhiskey.com and get yourself some whiskey there. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? 
from Channel Asia, Channel News Asia. Never heard of it before. They just happened to be the first ones that offered. I always look for the who had, who had the original article. I don't go to a place that simply reposts it. Uh, Japan men take out groper insurance against sex pest claims. Tokyo, Japan. In Japan, where train travel can often be a perilous ordeal for women, an insurance company is reporting a sudden run on a policy that protects men falsely accused of groping. The spike in takers for the 6,400 yen, which is 57 U.S. dollars, quote, false, false groping accusation benefit plan was triggered by a spate of incidents where men suspected of molesting female commuters fled the scene along the railway tracks, the Tokyo firm based told AFP. Japan has made efforts to tackle the problem of rush hour sex pests with posters on trains and television campaign. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like Norm MacDonald's bit where he says, you know, missing people, missing persons. They say, oh, look, they're putting flyers of missing persons on telephone poles. That must have worked once. Uh, while railway operators provide women-only carriages for the busiest times of the day. I gotta ask, we have to have somewhere in the net of, list, of the listening audience here. Uh, for the, anyone who's lived in Japan from an English-speaking country, or those of you who are Japanese, but you, you, you're listening, you, you tune in. Is it re- I gotta know, like when I, when I was introduced <clears throat> to the dark side of Tentacle porn, which I really didn't need to be introduced to. Thank you very much, Davis Arini and Chris Beckloff. I was like, whoa, what the heck is going on in Japan? Because I thought, oh, Japanese, you know, they're very clean and very orderly and very, you know, Japanese. They're very traditional. And then I saw this darker side. I'm like, whoa, that's weird. Okay, maybe I wouldn't put anything. I thought they just drew robots that turned into fighter planes. I was like, that's pretty cool. Now I was thinking Voltron, pretty innocent and naive take on the Japanese, and then this dark thing just ruined it all for me. So I could understand if there's some El Creepos out there. But then at the same time, I'm kind of like, okay, it's a Western nation. Uh, and you hear about these, what is it, the Black Widows or whatever, where the, the tradition is that the men just basically give the wives their check and these men work themselves to death in the 80s in that uh, work-till-suicide type of environment or culture. And then the wives just made off with the money. So I, I don't know, is, is it they're, they're doing the fake, like, oh my gosh, I have a case of the vapors. And there's a, a feigning couch nearby, like, oh my gosh, I was grabbing. Is groping a problem? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a problem? Is that real or is this just a... Uh, a feminist ploy, which is getting very old here in the West, of, oh, he groped me. Oh, my gosh, I'm a victim. Give me money and free carriages. Because this parallels the fake rape accusation. When I was reading through this, I'm like, man, I should get, like, a fake rape accusation insurance product and make millions. Just had a client not too recently, uh, not too long ago. Fake rape. And it didn't happen, uh, but the school didn't care. Kicked him out anyway. Um... So I'm like, okay, well, you obvi- you girls are obviously crying wolf all the time here. Uh, what, what you know, is it because feminism has inf- infiltrated Japan that much? Although this has been around longer than the fake rape claim. Although get, fake grope is a lesser accusation than fake rape. I'm just wondering. That's that's why I'm throwing this out there. Uh, Japan. Uh, 
Oh, the, but the plan devised by the small amount and short-term insurance company in 2015 covers legal costs for policyholders who find themselves on the wrong end of such a charge. It was initially set up as a fringe benefit under which fees for any legal consultation, including domestic or traffic accidents, were covered, Japan's Manichi newspaper reported. But the firm's helpline service, which alerts lawyers practicing in the vicinity of the alleged groping in- incident, has proved a hit with customers. Contracts for the policy, which here hitherto totaled less than $50 a month, have soared to several hundred dollars in the past month, the company says. Well, there's, okay, <clears throat> that's the that's the real world economy. That's la- that's the economics telling you, hey, there's a, tr- there's a market here. Well, one, there's a market to be had here, but there's a problem. If there's that much demand that it's it's more than several hundred dollars, that's at least a... 400% increase. Uh, 400% more demand than supply, ever so using linear mathematics as a way to gauge. So is is this a thing? Like, do, do Japanese men have to worry about full, false groping accusations? It, apparently so. See, I will always trust the free market economy. I will trust a market telling me data than the, the words coming out of the mouth of an individual or a person or, quote, an expert. Because the market is true. It's honest. It's millions of people making millions of decisions to ultimately result in a finite mathematical price that gives me data and information. I've used this before with the, uh, with the wage gap. It is true. There is a wage gap. Women make, I think it's, <clears throat> what is it, 77 cents on every dollar a man makes. But if you're a liar... Or you're just stupid and you don't think it through and you're intellectually dishonest. You point sexism. You point misogynies. You point the patriarchy and the glass ceiling and oh, boo-hoo-hoo. I'm looking at it and I'm sorry. I 100% believe more that you women are only worth 77 cents out of dollar. Not morally or ethically, but your economic production value is only 77% that of men. Your value to the labor market is only three quarters that of a man. And surprise, surprise, when you adjust for degrees, time put into the office, and all these other variables, that wage gap goes away, though there is a remaining 7%. Now, that I'm curious about. But that's the latest data um, that, out of all things, came out of the Obama administration. And I know nobody's interested because they want to push the narrative that either uh, women are oppressed, uh, subjected slaves to the males in this country. Uh, and then you Republicans pussyfoot. Well, 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 maybe, 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 maybe you girls should major in STEM. And then you wince and cower and hide behind a, a lead shield before the woman blows up. I just come out right and say it. You women are only producing 77% of what men do. End of discussion. Because that's what the market is telling me. And I'm going to believe the millions, in the case of the, the labor market between men and women, the hundreds of millions of individual decisions, actions, choices, etc., that culminates into a wage of only 77% of men. I'm going to believe that more than I'm going to believe some wannabe pissed off feminist who never, who, whose toe never set in the private sector, never worked a real job in her life, telling me, according to my study, it's men oppressing women. Plus, it gets tiring after four decades. 
you'd think after four decades you'd fix the problem, but you haven't. So I think my solution is a little bit more practical, realistic, although it may, it may, it may stomp on your precious little toesies. And we don't want to step on the precious little toesies of the little feminists in the country, do we? Oh no, we can't hurt the precious little feminists' toesies. I'd like to curse right now because of the pure evil feminists of it. Just, I would love to because they actually keep women down by not telling them the truth just to spare their feelings. My gosh. Like my case, the case for evil, the case, we're going to get to that later today, but the case for evil, man, I, I just keep looking at how appetizing it is to lie to people, not just women. Women, I think, have a larger market or capacity for being told lies. I just look at how profitable it could be, and I'm just like, man, that, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for a little effort and just pretty lies, man. Continuing on. Uh, contracts, da, 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 da. quote, it is impossible to know whether one will be caught up in a groping incident, company president Sijo Sugimoto told Minichi. We are here to help uh, provide help. We are here to provide help to people who feel anxious about the issue. Around 1,800 arrests are made yearly under public nuisance laws, but in 2006, a professor at the National Defense Medical College appealed his conviction all the way to the Supreme Court and has conviction and 22-month prison sentence overturned. All right, well, that's something interesting. I got almighty if I had a 22-month prison sentence. See, and that that's another... <clears throat> Inevitably, reason and logic have to play a role. If you are facing a 22-month prison, that's two years. Is that worth pinching a girl in the ass? I mean, you got to be a really mental case, a real hardcore mental case, a sexual addict to go and pinch a woman in the ass or whatever constitutes groping in Japan if you're facing a two-year prison sentence. That I, I, I and one thousand eight hundred arrests. I, well, what's the population of Japan? One hundred eighty, one hundred fifty million, a thousand eight hundred. Are there that many uncontrolled pervs? I, see that, and again, that that lens or, or leads into my. All right, is this a bunch of girls calling wolf or crying wolf, or is it the, really a new? Is it really a problem? I mean, I wouldn't pinch a girl in the ass anyway because it's the wrong thing to do. It's completely wrong, and, and there just should be punishment for it, absolutely. But I I would be doubly, quadruply deterred if I'm facing a two-year prison sentence. What is the pie? Hang on. Let's, let's, let's put numbers in. Population of Japan. 126 million. Okay, so let's say uh, 62 million Japanese men. Just bear with me. 62, 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3, 4. Woohoo! 1, 2, 3, 4. Woohoo! Never mind. Simpsons joke again. Uh, and then 1,800 uh, equals that divided by that. Well, it's a small percentage. Oh, come on, just give me a percentage. Okay, so 0.003%. Okay. 
is 0.003% of the male population sexual deviants and perverts? Yeah, I'd say so. That makes about right. Yeah, okay. So my question is, is it, is that any different than any other culture? 0.003%, you know, three one hundredths of a percent are men that are uncontrollably going to grope a woman's ass. I could see that. So that's not... I say that, oh, I'm no sociologist, but that seems, it doesn't seem like women are over-reporting. You know, it's not like modern-day United States college and university campuses where, you know, one in two women are raped every minute, twice regularly on Thursdays with a happy hour special. Campus rape, 50% off, that's bad. (laughs) Oh, it's funny because you girls are faking it. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I'm more inclined to say it's real. I don't know. That's why I want to know a, a Japanese uh, citizen or somebody who has experience with Japan. I, I would like to hear from you. But, um, yeah, I don't know, guys. Just it just It's just scary. I don't want to go and get, get a false like, accusation. I'd get the insurance. I probably would. I don't know. I don't. I go to Japan and they oh, here's a white guy. Hey, we can get him. The judge. Uh, I don't know what perceptions are of white American dudes in Japan. Oh, we're all perverts. Didn't you see that movie? Here comes old Dopey Clear. I've never been to Kyoto. What's it look like? And all of a sudden, I'm facing a two-year prison sentence. And Donald Trump doesn't come save me. Yeah, I'd, I'd get the insurance. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? Two articles here. Well, one article and then someone sent me a link. Related to evil. Profiting off of evil. From Forbes magazine. I I went with Forbes because it was the the British tabloids that had running with this one. I'm like, okay, well, if Forbes is going to bless it with its quote-unquote more reputable reputation... Don't put wasp nests in your vagina. Written by Bruce Y. Lee. Contributor. You know the Capital One advertisement that asks, what's in your wallet? Well, replace the word wallet with vagina. And it seems like every several months or so, someone else is offering a new answer to this question along with an ask from your wallet. A while ago, the provided answer was steam, which turned out to be hot air. Then along came jade eggs being sold on Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop website. Then it was herbal womb detox pearls, perfumed herbs in the shape of balls. Yes, they were selling balls to put in your vagina. See, now, I didn't read this. Like I said, I don't read these articles in advance. Someone just said I kind of skim it a little bit. And it's worse than I thought. It's What What, what are you girls doing? I know not. I know most of the women listening here are, are way too smart to, be, to fall for this, but... In general, I, I uh, ladies of America, lend me your ears. What just? What the heck are you doing? You you want me to take you seriously? You want me to look? I am not the one addicted to your vagina. And to quote Bill Bird, I know this is the curse free podcast, but I'm, I'm quoting. So this is a professional quote pronoun. Nobody, women are surrounded by this tornado of misinformation, and nobody corrects them because we want to fuck them. Probably the best quote I'm ever going to hear in my life because it is so true. You girls are so shielded from the real world that you will believe anything because admittedly, men just want to have sex with you. 
You are you are so deluded into thinking you achieve as much as you do. Like, you know, I love it when teachers, predominantly, disproportionately women, but men too, where you think you have a real job or that it's hard. That is, that is a perfect example of how you are so laughably sheltered from the harsh realities of life, in this case by the taxpayers and the teachers union. But in general, the prettier you are, the, the cl- more clueless you girls are. And and there are benefits to that where things are bought and paid for. Like I know my Millib- the gal that I hate from Middlebury, she has just had a cake life. You ask her, she probably thinks she's a professional at something. But she got by on daddy, then she got by on her looks, and now hubby is freaking owned by her, literally a slave to her. But but then the the drawback of having this this benefit where you, you get an easy pass in life is you are clueless when there are scams and rackets, and you fall for it. You fall for it. Lululemon? Someone explained to me Lululemon. I'm like, what what the hell is this? Omega symbol, whatever it was, looked like a Greek symbol. Well, that's Lululemon. I'm like, oh, what's the deal? Well, those are very expensive yoga pants. Like, isn't it yoga pants just yoga pants? They got to be stretchy so you can stretch and do yoga. Oh, no, no, got to be Lululemon. $400 for a pair of yoga pants. Only you girls, only, I shouldn't say girls, only people sheltered from the real world would be stupid enough to buy that crap. A thousand dollar handbag, two hundred dollars shoes. You, you, you got again, again. I'm in the wrong business. If you can get what is it? What does it say here? Uh, herbal womb detox pearls, jade eggs, uh, and now the latest answer to what's in your vagina is wasp nests. Why am I working hard? Additionally, why am I banging my head against the wall trying to tell you girls something you don't want to hear about majoring in STEM and working hard and becoming an engineer, going into computers, you know, even though I I truly am more of a champion of women in that regard because I'm telling you the truth. Why am I bothering? Why? I, it's not even the money by this point. It's, I want to see... What crazy bat bleep insane crap can we get you girls to buy? I, I almost I see and I'm jealous. I wanted to come up with wasp nests in the vagina. That would have been such a great story, such a great anecdote to tell. Say, yeah, I got I'm I made fifty grand one year. Oh yeah, really, Aaron? That's interesting. You'll do some interesting things. I'm always curious about your entrepreneurial endeavors. How are you going to top off asshole consulting? I'd love to see you beat that. Oh, yeah, wait, I'm going to blow it out of the water. What just just I made 50 grand selling wasp nests. Wasp nests, Clary? Yes, wasp nests, Jim. And you well, what would you sell wasp nests for? Well, Jim, I sold them because I convinced women they could put it in their vaginas. Forget the money. Just the the lifetime of stories that can be told, the the eyebrows raised, the 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 paths of intellectual conversation and, and exploration about like, huh? Trying to digest that one. That right there is worth more money than I could ever sell or I could ever make selling wasp nests. See, and that's that's what I, like I said. I'm a minimalist. 
it's not really about the money for me in this life. I, I just have this morbid curiosity of what bunk, what kind of con or scams could I run on your average American yokel, on your average American idiot? You know, getting getting doofus guys to spend $200 for a jersey with some other man's name on it. Getting women to put wasp nests up their vagina. I, I, I'm going to sit down one of these days and the world better look out. Heaven help you. Because if I sit down and put my mind to it, I could come up with it. I mean, really, it's it's a debate. Uh, perpetual motion machine or scam like wasps nests in vaginas. I really don't because i like, eh. I don't really think the world deserves an unlimited supply of energy. I think you guys should suffer. And I'd have a lot more fun selling lies to the idiots of the world because there'd be this cathartic release of, of punishing the normies and the idiots. Why, why should I help advance society? I want to sell scams. I want to sell legal cons. And, and, and you guys would, not you guys listening, but the American people wouldn't wake up. I could sell one scam after the next and they would they would buy it up, man. They would buy it up. Name me the dentist that shot Cecil. None of you can name him. Because you guys don't care. It's all about the drama and all that. That guy could come right up to you and offer dental service. And you, you the vegansists of the vegans would go and have their dental work done by it because they didn't care. They just wanted to yell and, and virtue signal. And now it's wasp nests in vaginas. Uh, indeed, on Etsy, a craft website, in addition to buying materials to make some candles, weave some baskets, or do some gardening, you can purchase oak galls, a medicinal paste of bark and wasp extra extract that you can put inside your vagina. Why in the world would you put wasp nest material in your vagina? An oak gall results when wasp nests plant eggs on an oak tree. Here's a description from one seller on eBay. Oak galls, also known as oak apples, come from oak trees indigenous to Asia Minor and per Asia Minor and Persia. See, so it's foreign, so it's good. See, right? You, I'm not joking. I'm taking a note. Taking a note. Here's my notepad. Here's my notepad. Okay, one related to sex. That's that's um, that's a key thing that gives it intrinsic value. I'm even going to put that down. Intrinsic value. This is like gold giving, you know, a gold backup at the Federal Reserve giving a piece of paper a U.S. dollar value as intrinsic value. So sex is a commodity, intrinsic value for women, and women, it's more beauty than sex. Women are more concerned about beauty than sex. Two, foreign. It always see everything overseas is better. Americans are so boring and stupid. I want to go to Paris because they've only been invaded a billion times and can't protect their ass. You stupid American men with your strength and your ingenuity and your advancement. We don't need that because it's just better to be foreign, preferably second or third world country because then it's mystical. It is known as Manjakani in Malay or Majupuhal in Indian. Uh, they are produced when the bark or leaves of the oak tree Cuferis infectora are penetrated by the female gall wasp, Sinopis galetinctoris. See, look at this, this person is a pro. They're using the Latin words of the wasp 
and the tree to make it sound all scientific-y? Who lays its eggs inside? The spontaneous chemical reaction caused by the penetration stimulates the bark or leaves to produce a roundish hardball called oak gall. Well, oak galls caught the eye of Dr. Jen Gunter, an OBGYN specialist. Oh my God, this person is stem. Oh, how could a doctor do this? Jen Gunter, I mean, maybe she's a good con artist like me. Maybe she's on, maybe she's at my level. Maybe she's like, dude, I, I, I forget this doctor stuff. I'm sick and tired of looking at hoo-hahs all day. I want to make some easy money <clears throat> and never look at a stinky hoo-ha ever again. I got an idea. I went to Gao one time and I remember seeing these. I could convince women to put that in their vahuha and and, uh, and I'd make more money and I'd never have to smell a stinky vagina ever again. I don't know. An OBGYN specialist who become, who's become known as a guardian of the vagina, warning everyone about the latest products targeting your vagina that really... Shouldn't be put in your vagina. Okay, so she's on the up and up. Okay, I thought she I thought she was the one that came up with it. As she describes in her blog, the claims that it can tighten your vagina, improve your sex life, restore the elasticity of the uterine wall, clean your vagina, and improve your general health and well-being, not to mention, you know, change your oil. That's a lot of claims. They didn't say whether it could park your car as well. <laughs> the author is good on this one. How much scientific evidence is supported is offered to support these claim these claims the big zero as in zero. The aforementioned seller on Etsy also states that oak galls have quote been used as dental powder and as a treatment for toothache and gingivitis. It is a powerful astringent, the most powerful of all vegetable astringents. It can be applied topically or taken orally. The seller offers no scientific evidence beyond these claims. In fact, the seller adds, or maybe I should say shouts because it's in all caps. Disclaimer! Products sold here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. These statements have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration or any other medical authorities. They don't care! You just just sold them on tightened vagina! You sold them on tightened vagina. Basically, this means don't hold us to anything that we say on this web page. Putting any medicinal object paste liquid or insect villa or anything else that is not approved by the FDA into your vagina can be hazardous to your health. Your vagina is not just a pocket. Instead, your vagina is actually a rather complex self-regulating body part. You see, now here's what's sad. Uh, this young, well, not young, this <clears throat> guy about my age, maybe a little older. Why does Bruce Wiley of Forbes magazines have to tell women about their vagina? Why does he have to tell adult women because they're the ones that need to tighten it up and improve their sex life? Why does he have to tell these presumably educated, independent women who are equal to men in every way and capacity? Why is this guy writing such a stupid post? Why is it on Forbes? Again, because there's enough demand that you girls are doing this shit. Why'd I go to college? Why? A healthy vagina can mean the proper pH, acidity levels, bacterial composition, moisture levels, lying temperature, etc. Putting anything in there can disrupt the system, sort of like starting a fire in a forest or putting something random, like, say, a wasp nest in an engine. This can injure your vagina lining, making you more susceptible to bleeding and many different infections, including pelvic inflammatory diseases, sexually transmitted infections. I wonder if poor Bruce was just kind of like, do, do I have to 
why am I writing this? How, how did it come to this? I want to become an, a journalist. No, a real one. Actually, would have solved real problems. No, we're dealing with these little piddly forest fires over here. Uh, pregnancy complications and ev complications and even cancer may also be risks of damaging your vagina. How do people keep coming up with such things to put in your vagina? Who are the test subjects trying things in their vaginas? Oh, that thing didn't work. Okay, that was terrible. That resulted in hospitalization. The list of products being hawked is growing longer and longer. From yoni oils to tightening sticks to douches. What the heck is a yoni oil? How far of a rabbit hole did this Bruce guy go down? What's a yoni oil? Why is this on Twitter? Give me fucking bing. Yoni oil. Before I get into what is yoni oil, let me explain what is a yoni. A yoni is a Sanskrit term for vagina. Jesus Christ, we can't escape vagina. Oh my God. Yoni, let's use that as slang, guys. Hey, check out that piece of yoni over there. Yoni is also used to describe a divine passage, womb, or sacred temple. These descriptions also like proper descriptions of vagina and me. Now, yoni oil is a mix or blend of usually essential oils that serve several beneficial purposes of our lovely lady downstairs. Using yoni oil has several benefits, especially as you age and things start to go awry. Some Maybe you're just getting old and that's not going awry. That's just how it's supposed to be. Some describe it as an extra step to make sure your yoni is in tip-top shape. Yeah, but screw the rest of your body. And right next to, I'm not joking, you, you go right next to just that statement, there's a picture of two fat chicks. Screw the rest of your body. You can let that go to pot and be a fat land whale all you want. But hey, we got to drop a couple bits of oil on our yoni. I'm expecting an article to become, what's your yoni IQ? Uh... While others describe it as a healing and preventative step that can have several benefits, let's take a look at the ingredients of the yoni oil I currently have before we discuss the benefits. The yoni oil that I have is from Goddess Body. Oh, I'm sure you have a Goddess Body, sweetheart. Who is this woman? Who wrote this? I want to know. I want to see if she actually looks like a goddess. Melissa. Hello there. I'm Melissa. She looks all right. She's young. I'm trying to go to the about. Blog lifestyle. No picture. Oh. Though there are several other brands slash companies that also sell their own blend mix as well. Another well-known brand that has an interesting mix is Ashley's Naturals. Who made the billions or trillions of dollars on this natural, organic, whole food crap? Oh, that's right, whole foods. For review slash discussion purposes, I'll stick to discussing the Goddess Body brand since that is the only one I know. I'm just morbidly curious. We're going down this rabbit hole, guys. I was a little, a little hesitant to use this as most women usually are when it comes to things in the close vicinity of the vagina. This yoni oil contains the following ingredients. Virgins of oils of olive 
coconut, thyme, tea tree, frankincense, myrrh, lemongrass, sage, feminine botanicals, and essential oils. The bottle I currently have also states apple cider vinegar as the last inv- ingredient, though the website does not have that listed as an ingredient. This blend of oils, herbs, and the ACV comes together to help restore feminine balance that can often be thrown off track simply by our diets. I know I had several issues last year with the botanical bacterial vaginotis that was resolved quickly with a change in my diet and a probiotic. Now with this extra added yoni oil, I must say I do feel a bit invincible. Oh, you poor boys. I, this is who we date. See, you don't, this is like, this is like tentacle porn. You see these women out, they seem to be normal, they seem to be going to work, they seem to have their act together. There they are on the bus, okay, she's working, and that's that person's at the queue. Oh, look, she's she's playing volleyball, cynical libertarian would like that one. Uh, oh, here's a girl going and getting uh, uh, groceries, everything's normal, and then, just like you find out there's tentacle porn in Japan, you find out women are using yoni oil to treat fungal infections. Which means when it comes, which means it comes in handy to help fight off or prevent several common feminine issues such as yeast infections, bacterial infections, etc. This particular brand of yoni oil is to be used externally, but can be inserted into the vagina in small doses. Be careful when choosing your own yoni oil, as different brands have different blends, mixes that can be do different things and cause you to react differently. I I I, I just can't go on. You understand how I want to punish these people? You understand where I have gone from, oh, they're just naive rubes and yokels buying this stuff. I, You understand where I want to punish the stupidity? I want to capitalize on it. I wish to ruin lives. Like, if we can't take these people outright of the gene pool because that's illegal, let's just make it. Let's give them what they want. Let's give them enough rope to hang themselves. Oh, returning back to the Forbes article. Even to tightening sticks to douches. Even though a fair number of women use douches, the vaginal cleaning wicked concoction, not the sleazy guys, an estimated 20 to 40% of American women between the ages of 15 and 44, according to WebMD, there's little scientific evidence of any real benefit from douching. In fact, the risks of douches greatly outweigh the benefits. Yes, douches of any kind don't belong in your vagina. Before buying something to put in your vagina, talk to a doctor, a real doctor, preferably either a primary care physician or OBGYN specialist. Chances are you won't really need anything in your vagina. Okay, so that's one. Now, next one. Where'd it go? Where are my notes? Paxilavate. Paxil, P-A-X-E-L, Levate, L-E-V-A-T-E. Where can I find it on YouTube or Wikipedia? I want to give you a... Okay, I'll just go to their website. Uh, About, can I find an about, home, about Paxilavate? Here we go. The Pax Elevate Global Women's Index Fund, managed by Pax Elevate Management LLC, 
is the result of a partnership between Pax World Management LLC and Alleviate, Elevate, sorry, Elevate Asset Management LLC, whose principal is Sally Krawcheck. Let's stop right here. Let's look this girl up. Is she a true believer or a uh, huckster? Uh, Wikipedia. Sally Krawcheck, the CEO and co-founder of Elevis, a digital financial advisor for women, launched in 2016. She was owner and chair of the Elevate Network. Prior to this, she was president of Global Wealth and Investment Management Division at Bank of America. She has been known as one of the most senior women on Wall Street. More recently, she was... She has been widely published in both social and more traditional media, focusing on Wall Street regulatory reform. She was also involved in another startups. Sounds like she might actually have a... Oh, no, never mind. Degree in journalism, MBA. Uh, and then she actually has a, a impressive career. She may be smart. She may be like me, like, hey, women will buy anything. Let's make money off of it. All right, Pax and Elevate came together because they share the same vision about the critical role that gender diversity plays in business success over time, as well as the investment opportunity associated with investing in women. Pax has long been a recognized leader in the investing in women and advocating for greater representation of women on boards. Ms. Krawcheck, was it Mrs. Krawcheck or Miss? I thought she was married. One of the most powerful advocates for women in the financial services industry is chair of Pax Elevate Management LLC and a trustee of the fund. Uh, Pax World Management LLC, investment advisor to Pax World Funds, is a pioneer in the field of sustainable investing. Pax World integrates environmental, social, and governance research into its investment process to better manage risk and deliver competitive long-term investment. It's all BS, guys. It's all BS. I looked at the performance of this fund on Morningstar. It, 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 it well, okay, it doesn't tangi- uh, tangibly beat the index. It was beating the index a little bit, then it was underperforming the index, and now it's just barely beating out the index, but just barely. So it, it, it mirrors the the index. In other words, it's not an investment. Because if you want index returns without having to pay Ms. Crosscheck a hefty managerial fee, not to mention all the researchers and analysts that go into what's called an actively managed fund, meaning they're supposed to beat the index, they fail to do that. Just invest in the index. Another thing I found out when I was looking at this Morningstar report, they're investing in like Microsoft and other corporations that aren't exactly huge representations of women. There's nothing tangible or different. I mean, if you're going to invest in companies that invest in women, if that's your primary goal, then what do you care about rates of return? Really, I mean, your goal would be to, to, to fuel or funnel capital towards uh, women-dominant businesses so that women could make money. In which case, you're, I understand you're running a charity, but you're also serving, I guess, what would be a an analyst role, an allocator of capital role, an efficiency role, although it wouldn't be as efficient because you're investing in vagina and not performance. And that's sexist, and that's what it is. But at least be true to your mission statement or what you're telling people you're doing. Uh... For over 45 years, Pax World has made it possible for investors to align their investments with their values and have a positive social and environmental impact. Today, its platform of sustainable investing solutions includes a family of mutual funds as well as separately managed accounts across all of its funds. Pax World withholds support from all male corporate board slates 
and working with other institutional investors actively engages. Well, that's, that is sexism. If you're going to say avoid all male board slates, what if I said I'm going to avoid all female board slates? I mean, and, and if that's your hurdle, like, hey, there's one gal on the board while the other 12 are male, how exactly is that helping out women? I mean, what I would be doing is I'd be look I'd be doing the private investment. See, and this is what tells me this is nothing but a racket and where Miss Crenshaw cross Trotchek, sorry. Well, I think she's on my side. She doesn't believe not one iota of this. It's just like, hey, we can sell vagina. We could sell wasp eggs. This is this is making evil profitable. Because people will give us money to invest because reasons, because virtue signaling. Because if you really want to help women, which I am all for, I would do it on the private investment level. I'd be a venture capitalist. And I would purposely seek out smart young women that have, you know, the future uh, uh, Bill Gateses of the world, the future Steve Jobs, the future uh, Zuckerbergs, but of the female persuasion. Because that's really how you're going to help out women. That's really how you're going to help out female entrepreneurs. All you're doing here, oh, we invested in Microsoft. That's our largest holding. Oh, yeah. Wow. Way to help out women, guys. But you see, the rubes and the yokels, the suckers, these guys don't even bother going to Morningstar to do what little tidbit of research I did to see whether or not, one, this fund is beating the index. And two, whether or not they're, you know, actively pursuing, you know, female companies, female and very entrepreneurs. Uh, Elevate Asset Management was formed by Sally Crenshaw, a cross check to provide investors with a means of directing capital companies that actively embrace gender diversity and female leadership as a lever for business success. Crosscheck owns Elevate Network, formerly 85 Broads, the Global Professional Women's Network. Both of these organizations are dedicated to the economic engagement of women worldwide. I really wonder. I truly do wonder. Again, just because I'm critical of all the things, people, and ways people are trying to help advance women or something, doesn't mean I hate them. Matter of fact, it means I probably like women a lot more. But hey, you know what? There's there's Pax Elevate, and it's just a it's a mutual There's a mutual fund that's just for women, and even though it has an 11 percent annual front load fee and a ton of 12B1 fees in the ministry, I'm going to invest because it's for women. I didn't look to see if it beats the index. I didn't see if they actually invest in, in companies that are for women. I don't know if it really helps, but it just says it's for women. And you know, it says organic on the bottle. And it says this tightens my vagina. So I'm going to give these people my money because they said it's for women. Oh, the case. The case to become a huckster. The case to become a charlatan. My God. All right. Let's do some more sponsors that are not scams. Where where did the rest of my sponsors go? I already did Praxy. Asshole Consulting. Asshole Consulting is not a scam or a racket. Uh, and you may dislike me and you may find my demeanor brash and rude. But we are honest. 
We are the only honest consulting company in the world. I, and I'm sadly believing that. I'm starting to wonder, I'm like, yes, yeah, every other corporation is evil. Every other corporation is evil. Every consultant, every law firm, everything is pretty, pretty freaking evil. But not assholeconsulting.com, where I, the world's only professional asshole, America's older brother, will help give you the swift kick in the ass you need by telling you the truth about your pathetic and sad life so that it might actually stop being pathetic and sad. For example, we at Asshole Consulting will not tell you to put wasp nests in your vaginas. We might tell you things that will hurt your feelings, ladies, like stop majoring in women's studies, stop having kids out of wedlock, uh, stop dating guys to piss off your father. We might give you advice like that, and you may hate us, Oh, you'll definitely hate us when we tell you spend less than you make. I know that's sexism and misogynies. Uh, but in the end, it's going to help you in the long run. This is why most of my clients are men because they actually kind of want to maybe make an advancement. And they don't want the tornado of misinformation to keep lying to them so they feel good about themselves. An entire lifetime of feeling good. I guess that that is... Uh, that is, until you, you lose your beauty and then no guy wants to bang you and then you're a miserable 48-year-old and, and you're like... <laughs> anyway, assholeconsulting.com. Go there if you got questions. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you may. It's $100 a month, but that also gets you advertisements on the blog and the YouTube channel, of which, god dang it, I gotta do asshole consulting and I gotta put together Cappy the Whore 4 videos. Mike sent me this new book and I gotta I gotta do all this shit. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, if you'd like to advertise, it's a hundred bucks. Contact me uh, through any one of my emails. Elkincpa.com. You need an accountant? Go to elkincpa.com. Our good friend Chad Elkins, a citizen of Chicago, will help you for a fee as well. Uh, he chooses his clients carefully, just like I do. So if you've ever filed for an extension in your life, don't bother contacting Chad. He wants very little problems. And he wants to torpedo his competition. He wants his, and the best way to, to hurt your competition is to let them take the crappy clients. That's the best way to do it. So don't, if you file an extension, don't contact Chad. If you think paying the IRS is optional, like, yeah, I don't need to pay those guys. Yeah, you know what? Chad Elkins ain't for you. H&R Block, though, will take you. They'll be very happy to take you. Then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. Visit John Grant's site, 405media.com. There, there's a bunch of different podcasts. It's a podcast station, so you can tune into the old Claremeister. But then there's other podcasters, such as myself, that are part of the 405 Media Brigade. So go to 405media.com, and uh, you got a bunch of different podcast listening options there. Obsidian Radio, Mumia Obsidian, over in Philadelphia. Black gentlemen talking black politics over in Philly. It does not get any more black than that. I don't think so. I don't think you get any more black than a dude named Mamiya Obsidian broadcasting out of Philadelphia. I don't think that can be any more black and conservative politics. That's Obsidian Radio. You can find him on YouTube. Financial Survival Network and the complete opposite, except still aligned politically. That would be fun as hell. Carrie Lutz at Financial Survival Network meeting Mumia Obsidian. Those two, they would they would get along, but you want to talk about the two most opposite ends of the spectrum, but still politically aligned. That'd be great. Tall giant of a Jew lawyer sitting down in Florida 
soaking in the sun, talking to a Philadelphia native black dude. That would be so cool to have those two meet. Anyway, if you wanna if you wanna listen to Financial Survival Network, listen to Kerry Lutz. Uh, he will he does all things precious metals, hedging against inflation, cryptocurrency, that type of stuff. So if you're like, oh, I would like to learn about cryptocurrency and precious metals, but you don't want to read about it, but you would like to become an expert over it, entertainingly wise, download all of his podcasts, man. He has great experts coming in about precious metals, the economy, cryptocurrency, gold, silver, uh, um, even industrial metals. You'll get an education. Absolutely. So go to financialsurvivalnetwork.com. Kanto Talk, our good buddy Silvio Kanto hanging out in Texas. Um, he has his show on Blog Talk Radio. He specializes, uh, well, in news in general, but with a spin of Latino news. Not always. I mean, he, he talks about what's going on in Venezuela and Mexico and all that. So if you happen to be of the Hispanic or Latino persuasion, I don't know the difference. And you do not want... Univision or Telemundo telling you what to think because oh it's the evil whitey and socialism is great we just it's just not being done right in Argentina or Venezuela if you'd like to have the truth uh, and a Latino show uh, check out Canto Talk C A N T O Silvio came from Cuba he escaped when he was ten years old got a book out there called Cubanos in Wisconsin great book I'm sure many of you who did escape your socialist hell holes would like to have that breath of fresh air saying like yeah it wasn't that great down there. Now the United States and Western civilization is pretty nice. It's nice to have capitalism and freedom. Check out that book as well. O'Shea's, O'Shea uh, Jackson over on YouTube. Uh, He's out in Poland now. Well, no, he is in Poland. He's flying to Uganda. So uh, hope you're safe there, O'Shea. Uh, And he has his uh, YouTube channel called O'Shea Jackson. He had to go with O'Shea's Vlogcast. Uh, because YouTube took away his channel for a while because he was telling too many truths to the black men out there, and not he was he was telling those black men to stop supporting single mothers. Can you believe that? Can you believe that O'Shea Jackson was telling black men to get degrees in engineering? Can you believe O'Shea Jackson was giving black men the advice that that you know was fatherly or elder brotherly? My gosh, we got to put an end to that stuff right quick, don't we, YouTube? <laughs> Anyway, uh, a great show to tune into. O'Shea Jackson, look him up on YouTube. BlowMeUpTom.com. St. Lycus out in L.A. You could go to BlowMeUpTom.com and listen to the Tom Lycus podcast. He is a saint. He is the father you never had. Listen to his wisdom. A lot of people started out with Tom Lycus. That's how they got introduced into this world. The digital father, as we might say. And probably, well, not probably, definitely one of the pioneers to say, screw terrestrial radio, I'm doing podcasts, and he's doing very well. So listen to blowmeuptom.com. Cynical Libertarian Society, that's if you are, just to warn you, this is the, this is probably the podcaster that I disagree with the most, but in terms of pure rage and anger, uh, and, and cynical. Cynical is really the key word there, Real, true cynicism. I'm, I'm an optimist compared to him. You think I'm angry and rage-filled or rant-filled. you got to listen to Cynical Libertarian Society. Go to sinlibsoch.com. Check them out. And then Mitch Berg, 1280 AM, The Patriot. You can listen to him online. America's Patriot Radio, AM 1280, The Patriot. He also wrote a book called True Liberty, T-R-U-L-B-R-T, Liberty. Yeah. And that was funny as well as, as, as much as it was clever. 
Academic composition, if you are looking to have someone write your final papers this week, because I think school is, I think college is over. Uh, summer school begins. And for you high school kids that you got your final papers, although I don't think he takes high school kids. I think he's got to be an adult. you got to be in college. Uh, but they do your papers for you. And he is always looking for authors and writers to write people's papers for them. And he's always looking for marketers. So if you're looking for a job, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be interesting. It's not going to be engaging. It's going to be marketing. It's going to be writing papers. But it can be done over the internet. So it can be done for the convenience of your home. Look into academic composition. And then also if you have the need for somebody to write your papers for you, contact academic composition. Oh, but Aaron, isn't writing other people, isn't paying someone to do your homework unethical? Well, answer me this. Is it unethical to have corporations outsource jobs overseas? Outsourcing is very wise. It's very intelligent. Is it unethical for corporations to have people train in their replacements contingent upon receiving a severance package? Well, yes, it is unethical, but you seem to think that I have a moral compass about me. I am merely teaching you tools and practicality and Machiavellian methods and philosophy. That's going to serve you a lot better. These colleges, I mean, I'm sorry, these employers are one requiring you to get this unnecessary degree and take these unnecessary classes as prereqs. I don't know. I'll leave it, but I can sleep at night. I had this, had this, well, okay, if I had the money, but had this service existed, I would have, I would have totally used it. I would have totally used it. <clears throat> Knowing what I know now and just what a bunch of utter BS all these worthless prereq liberal arts classes are, I would have totally used it. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. We talked about him already. Oh, by the way, Academic Composition does resumes for $100. So that might be worth dropping the money there. Jimfear138.blogspot.com. He is the endorsed Cappy Cap uh, voice recording artist. He does my books. And if you are an, uh, uh, not an entrepreneur, an author, and want your books converted to audiobook, contact Jim Fear by going to jimfear138.blogspot.com. We uh, got Gab and Minds and Facebook and Twitter. Just go on the internets. I have pretty much every main social media account and all the free speech, uh, uncensored uh, media accounts like gab.ai and minds.com. So if you want to follow me, and please do me a huge favor, like forward uh, and like and uh, write reviews. So if you have a book, if you bought Reconnaissance Man, if you bought Poor Richard, anything, please do write reviews. I know it's a pain. I'm asking you to do me a favor. I am asking you to do me a favor. But if you do do that, that helps out. You don't want to donate money. None of my sponsors have any products or wares of yours that you're interested in. If you'd be kind enough to just spread the word, that's basically all you do. And uh, that helps uh, that helps me out tremendously, tremendously. Because if like every new reader I get, that's like making sixteen bucks. I did the analysis. Then we have my classes: the analysis, evaluation of stocks, and then stocks, bonds, investing. Oh my! Both are available online at hundreds of different, you know, libraries, community ed programs, stuff like that. Universities. Doesn't matter where you sign up for it because it's online. So sign up for wherever it's cheapest. Although if you're charitable and you want to pay me more money, sign up where it's most expensive. All you have to do is search the title, The Analysis, Evaluation of Stocks, and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My. Read through the course description, see if that's of interest to you. Betterment, when you are done paying off your house and you are ready to go ahead and start investing in an IRA, go through my Betterment affiliate program. Betterment is a robo-advisor, meaning there are no people involved. 
You don't have slick salesman Willie across the uh, uh, desk there asking you questions, entering answers into a computer program that you could do yourself, but without having to pay him a 2 to 3% annual of your percentage balance fee. So do a robo-advisor. Go through Betterment.com. Go to my site, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Betterment banner, just like the Amazon banner. You sign up. You log in. Oh, hey, it came from Cappy, and I get a, I get a commission. So go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Betterment banner. Make me rich. And then, and then, and then, oh my gosh, more money just falls out of the sky. Just falls out of the sky. There's no hustle. There's no programming. There's no setting up. There's no nothing. It's just me with my penis, my white skin, and my straightness that that begets me money falling from the sky. Uh, and then we have my best of blog. If you like my blog, but you don't want to go sift through all the crap posts, uh, get the best of books I have. They're called Captain Capitalism Top Shelf and Captain Capitalism Reserved. Those are the best blog posts put conveniently condensed into two books. Captain Capitalism Top Shelf, Captain Capitalism Reserve. There's also Captain Cap, or I'm sorry, Captain's Quarterly. There's only one issue of it. It's kind of like Playboy. We got a, a model to post. She's not nude, but she's dressed up in classic 1950s housewife garb and some more sexy stuff. There was some lingerie shots, I won't lie. Uh, it's a bit pricey because it's color, but if you get the Kindle version, it's dirt cheap because it's digital. It doesn't it, but when you print it off on paper with color, it, it drives up the price. But that is also the best of. And one of these days, I am going to have to come up with a third best of book. I wanted to do the Captain's Quarterly, like a quarterly publication. Honestly, again, getting back to you can't find good-looking women to show up on time. Uh, I just couldn't. I, I have Cindy Moran, cindymoran.net. Great model, beautiful woman. She's got the hustle. If you're looking for a pretty woman who will get back to you, who is professional, who does not let her beauty get to her head, uh, cindymoran.net, uh, please visit her. But I know every, I, I wanted to have, you just can't have poor Cindy modeled the entire time. I mean, it'd be all right, but as you know, men are pigs and we like variety. Uh, but that's available out there as well. That may even become a collector's item. I don't know. Uh, and so we have that. All right. Fan mail. I had fan mail. Where'd the fan mail go? Hey Aaron, just sending an email to say thanks. I've been following your YouTube channel for some time. I really appreciate your work, which has helped me form a better opinion on so many different issues. Moreover, following your work made me realize how much leftist bullshit has infiltrated academia, religious institutions, government, sports, medical science, corporate sector, etc. Oh, that's right. I guess it has infected sports. ESPN. Holy cow. The best idea I have gained from you is the concept of the reality principle. This deceptively simple principle may be hard to follow, but it brings certain sane empiricism to increase and to an increasingly insane world. Perhaps you should write a book on it, which technically should kill the entire self-help industry, but I know in the end only a small number of people will appreciate your honesty. Always keep up the good work. Regards, Swagat in India. Well, that's awesome. We got a guy from India. This goes into the memento box. I like saving. That's it. Well, thank you. It's good to hear that we're out in India as well. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> the reality principle, if you guys haven't, look it up. Just the reality principle, Captain Capitalism. It's a simple, well, the post was a bit lengthy and thorough, but it's a simple concept. And that is you either live in reality and make your decisions based in reality or you don't. We can revisit the wage gap with women. 
Ladies, are you oppressed? Is it, is it misogynies and sexisms and the patriarchy holding you down? Or is it because you major in stupid crap? And that's why you only make 77 cents on the dollar. And what our good friend Swagat is talking about here is if women want to be, quote, the reality principle, follow reality. If women said, hey, it's because we're majoring in stupid crap, let's all go be like the Asians and major in STEM and technology and IT, they'd close the wage gap. But also, as our good friend Swagat in India pointed out, that it, yes, it should end the self-help industry, but people want to feel good. They don't want to do good. Again, providing me further evidence and reason and a compunction to go and sell evil. No, nobody wants the problem solved. Very few, very few people want the problem solved because if they did, then they'd follow the reality principle. People want to be treated. People want to be doped up, literally with dopamine, whether it's through lies that make them feel good like the daytime talk shows and Oprah or lies told to them by Democrats and teachers and professors and the media about how oh, it's not your fault, it's somebody else's fault or a straight chemical injection like heroin, booze, dopamine, or not dopamine, Xanax or whatever whatever people take to, to feel good. Uh, th- that's what they want. They don't want to improve. They don't. It's just easier to go, f- to go straight for the fix. Be it lies or drugs, women in this particular instance, but people in general, they just want to be lied to. Yeah, the the solutions to the world's problems are not that hard. You just have to remove anything of what would I like the world to be, what would I like the answer to be, and what is. What is reality? And I'm going to base my decisions off of that. Blacks are not a prick. I'll give you another perfect example. Blacks are not oppressed in this country. You're not. The number one problem holding you down is your ladies are having way too many kids that none of you can afford. <gasps> oh, no, they're not. Ah, ah, ah. I love and care about you more than anyone telling you the lies because if you follow that advice, you will improve. Same thing. It's not like Asians have a monopoly on STEM majors. Anybody can major in STEM. I provide the exact same advice to anybody. Male, female, Asian, white, Hispanic, uh, black. doesn't matter. The labor market will tell you, hey, if you could program Python or a full-stack developer and have the background and the certifications, we will give you $90,000 a year. They don't give a damn about the color of your skin. But you know what really is going to screw you up? Is if you got three kids and three baby mamas and three child support payments. Well, you, you're just screwed for the rest of your life. You are completely screwed. But see, that hurts people's feelings. That implies that they had some kind of responsibility and they brought their own piss-poor situation upon themselves. And then it's just easier to call Aaron a racist, even though he's the only guy telling you the truth that he would get you out of your situation. Oh my gosh, and let's come up with further reasons and rationalizations. Well, he didn't really grow up in the ghetto, and, well, you know, he, he's white, he has privilege. Oh, look at all those checks just falling out of the sky once again. Oh, here comes another bundle. Here comes the plane of checks. I think he'll drop, he'll drop a couple million this time. And I don't even have to flag them down. They sense the whiteness. They have white privilege radar detectors. And it just hones in like a heat-seeking missile. They have white privilege, straight white male privilege, sensing missiles and they just they just hone it in and they say ah we have a a high reading down there oh clearly must be down there at least some white male who's straight 
Must be down there. That's where we drop the money. Don't worry. Money actually, it's like magnets. Money just by laws of physics is attracted to straight white males, more so Christians. So like if you had me standing next to another straight white male, but he was Christian, all the money would be glommed onto him. He kind of looked like, uh, he looked like Sasquatch. He looked like the, what? Not, what's the other name for Sasquatch? Not the abominable snowman. Bigfoot. He looked like Bigfoot, except instead of hair, it'd all be money, and I'd be buck naked. Because money likes Christian more than not. See, and that that's how it is. It's the laws of physics. <laughs> oh, what else we got here? Oh, I went to the, the coffee store. It's my coffee store now because I, I still have my bar. but um, And I can still go to my bar. I just don't drink. And I, I don't know if I'm going to wait the full year. I know, I know I'm going to wait a full year not to drink. Ten months. Ten months and change. Only two months left. Uh, and then I want to pay off my house. And I promised myself it would be when I paid off my house. But then uh, a fortuitous event happened where I might get bought out by my um, on my online classes. Uh, which the, the legal details of which is too boring to even talk about on this podcast. But I was like, oh, well, that might accelerate. The paying off of the house in two months, which would coincidentally time with going a year without the booze. And uh, I, I'm not worrying about it. If, if, if the deal doesn't go through and I just have to wait till next year to pay off my house, so be it. I don't need the money. It's a great position to be in. Let me tell you how great it is to be a minimalist and not need the money. Where it's like, uh, that deal is not satisfactory. It's like Trump. Uh, the deal's not satisfactory to me. That's not huge enough. I just don't... It's like, meh, well, I could go my way. Eh, meh. <clears throat> anyway. So I can't drink at least, at minimum, for the next two months. According to my own standards and principles. So I go to my coffee store, and that's where I go, and I do that. That's the, that's the first stop. Wake up in the bed, do the phone thing. Eh, if there's any coffee left over, if the GF ever left me any. She doesn't, and I'm like, ah, I gotta walk, gotta walk down to my coffee shop, and I've noticed this multiple times, but today was the one where, again, it crystallized the thought in the brain, because it wasn't the kids, it was the adults, it was the adults this time, I'm standing in line to get my coffee, I look behind me, and there's some people my age, maybe younger, and they just look and smell, and they carry the air of being teachers, they think they're, 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 they all had apples. That was, I guess, one of the first hints. I don't know what gave it away. I'm just like, they look like teachers. They're all smiley and happy. And I, I looked and they had books and print-offs. And they, they were there to do work. And they were just chit-chatting. I wasn't even listening to what they were saying. But I had to steal a look. I had to steal a glance at what was on their computer screens or what these print-offs were. And I see on one guy or gal's computer screen, it's kind of like a spreadsheet, and it says goals, objectives, separate columns, separate columns. I, I don't, I'm no commander of the English language, but I would have thought goals and objectives would be the same thing, and you just pick one or the other. No, they had separate columns. And then the third column was maybe progress or something. I couldn't make it out because I didn't want to look like I was spying. Then I look on the table and there's reams, <clears throat> reams with these uh, spiral spine 
kind of they they weren't read it wasn't fun reading and then i kind of see it it's like training manuals and then i, I kind of like these are probably teachers beautiful day out school's out i presume for these guys anyway and what they're doing is what going over the lesson plans what i couldn't get was Something as simple as teaching, which again, I'm going to say it not because I hate teachers. I'm saying it because it's true and I hate teachers. It's just convenient to tell the truth and hurt people that deserve to be hurt. Their feelings anyway. It's not a real job. It isn't. And I was just amazed. I was agape, like looking at like how much material, there were hundreds. The stack was at least, oh, the better part of a foot thick. Multiple print-offs, multiple spiral corded manuals that's i think they're instruction manuals and these mindless spreadsheets another thing that tipped me off there was no numbers no numbers on the spreadsheet all words i don't trust a ton of words and no numbers because it's not concrete it's not finite it's not formulaic there's no ultimate mathematical truth or truths you are trying to unearth or discover and so as is typically teaching the softer i can't call them sciences the softer fabricated faux studies that the liberal arts and the humanities have become. The non-finite, the non-mathematical, quote, studies, quote, big air quotes, sciences. It could just get lost. It could be anything. It could be anything you want. And so you take something as simple as teaching, which maybe, maybe takes a, a week or two seminar to figure out here's how you do it. If you're too stupid to set up a lesson plan, if you're too stupid to figure out naturally how, because you, Lord Almighty knows that you sitting in school, K through college, you didn't know how teaching worked. If you couldn't reverse engineer that, you know, okay, here's a two-week seminar for the really stupid people. Teachers. But there they were, beautiful day at the coffee store, chit-chatting. I don't know why they were having fun, because it didn't, it, it looked like mind-numbing work. And they were, they were going through this almost foot thick of manuals, boring spreadsheets. For what? For what reason? What the hell are you people doing? What is what is it that you do that has no... Like, if you have protractors, graphing calculators, I looked on someone's computer screen, I saw code. All right, then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you do need that thick book of reference material. You do need... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're doing some imp- I saw formulas, algorithms, blueprints. No, I didn't see that. I just saw words. And classical teacher, soft, faux, fabricated sign. You guys make it seem like it's a profession. You make it seem like this is some kind of real thing you're doing. Well, we see we have studies and we have a diagram. We have a chart. All the management books. Well, you see, the five forces and the three cycles. All these charts and diagrams, none of which you remember, none of which are consistent or the same across writers of different textbooks. No consistency, none of that. Just pull it out of your ass, fresh with the gleaming shine off of the feces that just came out. Hey, here's something new that I just pulled out of my rear in grad school. It was handed down to us by the gods who have their doctorates in education that sit on an education board at the state. Well, see, we're professional teachers. We're, we're getting our certification. We're getting our master's. But ultimately, what are you studying? The 
doesn't it, doesn't it bore you? Doesn't your brain start to atrophy? I again, I know education majors, not much of a brain to atrophy left, just a brain stem. All good fields, and we're just so good. We're just so good. We care about the children. We're just so good. I care about the children. Did you did you read that article about the global warming? I shared it with my students because we're just so good. We care so much about the children. That's it. That's all your gimmick is. That's all your game is. What should we tell them? What should we tell? Them? Okay, that's what we'll tell them. That's what we'll tell them. There's no unlocking the secrets of the universe, bending the will of the laws of physics to the to the benefit of humankind. You may hate Elon Musk because of his politics and he receives a, a government subsidiary, but at least at least he's producing something of physical value. I mean, there are the occasional leftists out there that do do good. I understand that. But these teachers, these, I can't even call them sheep. I was just amazed at one, how there was so much material, but yet nothing to study. So much material, so much bunk, so much pablum. Derived, created from nothing, out of thin air, simple concepts, common sense. And there's this meeting. There's at least seven of them with their laptops and they're all of that. The other thing I couldn't understand is how could you be happy? Are you guys that sold into this academian world of education and your, quote, cause that you all fail at doing, by the way? Don't know if you notice the millennial graduates aren't doing too well. But doesn't it get boring doesn't your brain hurt after a while because none of it is making sense or it's just taking common sense? Uh, just one font, one, one half a bit of data and extrapolating 800 pages of, of gunk out of it? Or is that the speed your brain operates at? Like that's, that's about the right pace. You can only get one concept over every 800 pages of manual. Second thing, now this was, this was the... The latest thing I know is this is what crystallized my when I saw adults doing it. What I've noticed time in and time out sitting at the coffee shop, now of course the, the season is over, is there's obviously younger kids, college age kid, not not under 18, but college age. They're in college. And once again, I okay, they're studying. And I kind of peer over to see if I could see any numbers. I I do you have a graphic calculator? Are you programming cold? Are you doing something that warrants that 600 page five pound book that you got sitting there no it's philosophy english and what it, what gets me is how they would be highlighting and taking notes and they're all so serious they're just so serious i'm going to read i'm going to read philosophy i'm going to read women's studies i'm going to and they and they're just taking it so serious and they're writing and they're reading and they're taking notes and then they have their laptop out and they're typing and they're reading and hmm pondering hmm even scratching their their beard that they don't have cuz they're women are like oh yes yes i see uh, yes why well, I, I do believe in ethno nationalism there's a problem with that with those white people i got to take some notes or da, da, da. To what point and purpose? What is the end? Do, you, do not bells and alarms, not even bells and alarms. Don't you get tired? Don't you fall asleep? Doesn't your brain kind of say, hey, this is, look, boredom is your brain saying we are wasting our time. Like when you all fell asleep in school, be it college or K through 12, that was your brain saying this has nothing of value. Your brain was making a subconscious judgment. This has nothing of value. We're going nowhere fast. We might as well store up our, our, our energy reserves and take a nap. 
It's not that you weren't paying attention or you were a bad student. Your teachers sucked, the material was boring, or maybe the material was interesting, they just spread it way too thin and amortized over way too many years and semesters. But not college students, not liberal arts. They just, oh my God, we're so serious, we're so studying, we're just studying, oh my God, we're so serious. You see, I'm reading this book. This is this is Critical Thinking 1, then I take Critical Thinking 2, and I take Critical Thinking 3. And then after a year and a half of Critical Thinking classes, then maybe I could critically think. And at the, all I saw as an economist was a waste of time. I just, how many hours and days, years, forget decades, millennia, when we, when we factor in that there's millions of students, how much time do we waste in the United States and the Western world in general making these kids study this worthless crap? How much, and a lot of them volunteer to not only study, but specialize and therefore major in and sometimes get advanced degrees in worthless crap. How many eons are wasted? And what is the opportunity cost of that? Well, if instead of the, and it wasn't predominantly girls, but disproportionately it was. But these girls would just sit and read, and, and I, I again, I don't want to, I want to violate anyone's private, pri- uh, personal space. But I looked just to say, what are you studying? And I wanted to say that, what are you studying? You're wasting your time. Knock it off. There's nothing to learn here. And that's the real tragedy: is how much just youth, because it is youth and money. But let's just focus on that. Just how much youth is wasted on these fake studies that have no practical application in the real world and have no benefit. None. No benefit whatsoever outside of academia and self-study. None of it. None of it. What's even more tragic is how it warps then and misleads you. Like it, it's programming your brain wrong so when you're finally dumped out in the real world, you're completely dysfunctional. Not only do you offer nothing of value to people or society, you are so screwed up in the head relative to how the real world works because you got so skewed, such an aberrant upbringing in education, in your education, that it causes like a psychological pain, this confusion as to why things aren't going your way. And then you have to deprogram yourself and then reprogram yourself so that maybe by the time you're 32, 33, now you know how the real world works. That's where I, leftists or not, the politics or not, I feel pity and, and sadness for these kids, what we do to them, forcing them to study. Not just this pointless stuff, and I don't even want, it's not damaging, but it really ruins your life. It really misleads you into, I hate to use the word wrong thinking because I don't want to sound like a tyrant, but you you are misinformed, which is worse than being uninformed. That, that's the That's the best way to put it. You are misinformed. Uninformed is just like you still got a blank slate. There's no data on the hard drive. There's just nothing there. Misinformed, it's like having a virus. You got to get that stuff off of your hard drive, and then you can put stuff on it again. And that takes time. Time you young people just don't have. So not only are you wasting your time. Study, I mean, imagine how sad. I mean, it's a real tragedy. I almost get depressed about it at times. Think about all the time. Okay, let's try it a different way. Think about everything you didn't remember that they tried to teach you in school. Okay? What percent is that? All right, now, now realize that's the percentage of your childhood and youth that was wasted. 
Remember, remember dangling participles? Remember deconstructing and outlining a sentence? Do you remember that? All that? Do you remember the difference between discrete and finite? I sure as heck don't. Do you remember all the, the history and the political, well, it wasn't global warming, it was global cooling and the, and the rainforest. Do you remember all that? Hey, how about all that mandatory uh, foreign languages you were supposed to take? How much of that do you remember? It was wasted time. What's worse is when you have to go and study in college, pay for it, but just sit there. Well, you could be out having fun, living life, working, making money, wasting your finite life studying something like is stupid. And ultimately, his point is Porter's Five Forces models or goals and objectives, not or, goals and objectives, separate, two things. Making, making a science where there's no science to be had. Trying to put order where there is none. Taking something as simple as educating kids. Education. How to, how to speak. How to organize your thoughts. How to put together a lesson plan. And making people waste eight years in college on that? Could you imagine some of these theses that are written? That are just like all the basic kind of key functional. Now, yeah, well, there's some there's some tricks of the trade in education. Yeah, you can learn this and that here, but ultimately, it's not. There's no way, no way you could ever even get a year's worth of of data or information or or, or classroom material about how to be a teacher. Can you imagine doing eight years and then writing a fifty page thesis paper? <laughs> Why? Why? What are you doing? And the the opportunity cost for what your life could have been. Imagine if you just got rid of this. It's like a, an engine that's only 20% efficient. Like what if you got rid of the 80% of fat? What if you got rid of, of rid of that 80% inefficiency? What if what would what could you have done and accomplished and achieved otherwise? You just got rid of all these pointless hurdles and hoops to jump through that were put in your face by academia, big education, the leftists, the liberals, the socialists, the teachers' unions. Well, he can learn that in five minutes. Don't tell him that. We need to make that last three months. How are summer school teachers supposed to get employed? Oh, and all these poor kids, special ed whether these kids actually have a problem or not because it was just made up so we could get more special ed money. Can you imagine these poor teachers and these poor kids dealing with one another? You're only there to keep people employed. So so that you're not there to educate these kids. You don't really care about special education. And, and keep in mind, special education really is a money-making operation for a teacher. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking because I did special ed when I used to substitute teach. And you're basically... A, a taxpayer-financed program to watch over mentally retarded children. Some are, are actually just normal kids that are problem students. I'll grant you that. Some are just really smart, and uh, they should have been homeschooled or gone to private school or just get out there. Just They move way too fast for the public schools. But I'd say a good 40 to 50%, the plurality of the students in special ed, are basically the retarded children of parents who didn't think far enough ahead 
didn't plan for the contingency their child might be retarded, weren't smart enough to abort it once they found out it might have had alcohol syndrome or, hey, we can't afford a retarded child or whatever, and now they dump it off in the state. And they call it education when it really is more of what would we call hospice care or is hospice care for when you're dying. It's medical care that you're getting. You're, you're, you, are, you are watching over mentally retarded individuals. No, no offense to the mentally retarded kids. They're, they're innocent in this regard. But that's what it is. But don't tell me you need, oh, I need my master's in special education. No, you want to know what I did? I remember at talk. You don't believe me? Go find somebody that works in special education. I remember Richfield High School. You guys want to come after me? Please do. I'll expose you guys. They say, hey, do you do special ed? And I was hungry for money. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I go in. They give me a glove. What the, what the hell is this glove for? And I'm, my job was to prevent a child, again, not nothing wrong with this kid, unfortunately just not born with enough brain material, to prevent himself from chewing on his own lips and his own, uh, his own tongue. I was to put my finger inside his cheek and pull his cheek away from his mouth to prevent him from chewing on himself. That's special ed. And you're telling me that, you know, I could only be a substitute teacher with a bachelor's degree. You had to have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> you needed a bachelor's degree to do that part-time. But we couldn't have you as a full-timer. Oh, no, you can't be an official special ed teacher. No, you need a, you need a certificate. You need a license on top of a bachelor's, preferably a master's degree. How the hell do you make six years of college education out of that? And then to a large extent, I'm just merely using education and these teachers I saw today as a vehicle to make a larger point. How do you guys willingly put yourself through the liberal arts when there just isn't that much material? Look, I have learned, look, I'm not, I'm not joking. I know more than probably most Russian history majors. You want to know why? Because I listened to the Russian Rulers History Podcast. I binged on the thing. It was great. 200 plus episodes going from Novgorod all the way up to Putin. I learned so much. And so much faster and quicker. Because you guys, if you want to learn about Russian history, you'd have to take all these classes that had nothing to do with Russian history. Fill in these requirements. Oh, you, need a, a, you need some classes from Group A. And you need some classes from Group B. You can't just study Russian history to become an expert and master in it. You, you must study all this other crap because otherwise you're not well-rounded. BS? For a fraction of the time, in my, it was enjoyable. I just listened to podcasts. The majority of it was taken in running and hiking and, and road tripping. And I didn't pay... of credit to learn any of this. It was enjoyable. It was really sad and tragic how, especially the teachers with their structured, organized faux science of, quote, education, how you teachers ruin true and genuine education. Like, I hated reading. I really, and to this day, I really don't like reading. I will, however, listen to, to knowledge. I will listen to entertainment. The problem is that teachers make reading such a chore and they recommend such boring crap to little kids that reading gets tainted. You don't realize that reading is about passing on knowledge and wisdom and intellectual stimulation and sometimes humor and entertainment. 
Richards, Richards Nixon's, or Nixon's Guide to the Multiverse being a perfect example of literature that is funny and entertaining and worth reading. But now, thank God, with podcasts, you can listen to this stuff. You don't actually sit there with a book no more. And then I realized, holy cow, there's this wealth of stimulation, entertainment, engaging stuff out there that I didn't know. That's how that it was books out there. But the teachers never did because they ruined it. They ruined it with the pablum and taking something that could be taught in five minutes and making a five-hour lesson plan out of it. And that's the liberal arts. Just because the only place liberal arts majors can get employed is to become liberal arts teachers. And you can increase the amount of employment if you spread it thin. Don't give them the nuggets of wisdom. Don't give them the, Don't ever dare try to teach something efficiently. For example, my class, the analysis evaluation of stocks. That right there is about six college courses. Eh, taught in a week and a, or six weeks. Two lessons a week. Is it six? Yeah, 12. It goes six weeks. Yeah. Just search it. Try me. Try me. Take my class, the analysis evaluation of stocks. You can search it on the internet. It's offered online. You can take it anywhere. Wherever it's cheapest. You got to pay for it. But just as an example, if you're willing to fork over about $89 to $100 or whatever it costs. Right? You take that class and say, and you tell me that you didn't get more out of that one class than you did semesters, semesters of college. You'll learn more about accounting, finance, stock valuation, economics, in those short six months, two two classes a week, maybe, maybe what? Maybe three hours a week. So we're talking 18 hours total, maybe, in studying time and everything. You tell me you didn't learn more than that than you did like seven or eight college classes on separate but spread out so thin. It was it was gravy thin. You could just poke your finger right through it in college classes. It's not because I'm smarter or a genius. It's because I don't have the patience or the time to stretch it out just to milk you for more money. I have more important things to do in life. And that's the liberal arts. You could go down to your local library and you don't even have to do that. You could just go to the internet and download all the podcasts on whatever genre of liberal arts you'd like to study. And you will become a more educated, more masterful, and infinitely richer liberal arts master. I don't mean that as a master's degree. A master of a particular field of the liberal arts because you just took it in faster, quicker, and more efficiently. You didn't have to drive down, park, Pay for parking. Walk to this building. Sit there. 15 minutes in between your other car. Ah, maybe I'll stand in line and get a taco. Then I go to this other. And then have them pack it full of fluff and pablum and BS that you don't need to. Maybe somewhere in there, there might be a nugget. But you're so falling asleep, you don't know what the nuggets are, what's important because you have no context. Your brain falls asleep like it did in the ninth grade. But then there's that kid who just read a, he just read Socrates. I know this may shock some of you liberal arts people. You can go to this place called the library. And you can read books by Socrates and Plato. You don't have to pay some washed-up, ponytail-wearing, receding hairline baby boomer bleep uh, $200 of credit to have him tell you how to read Plato's and Socrates. You can just read it. And you don't need him to interpret what Plato's and Socrates meant because Plato and Socrates wrote what they meant. And you can get it for free. For free. And, and here's the key thing, kiddies with the exact same employment prospects as if you had a doctorate in philosophy. Oh, I'm sorry, maybe you can't become an adjunct professor because you don't have a doctorate. You just read all the philosophical works of the Greeks, but you, you see, you don't have this piece of paper, so you can't teach people. 
You don't have a piece of paper like I did. Because I am SMRT. That's a Simpsons joke. Don't say, it's smart, S-M-A-R-T. I know that. Look it up. So I, it's Worthless Degree Awareness Month. Right? I want to ask you kids, forget the teachers, forget the adults. They're too late. It's too late for you high school and college age kids that are sitting there at the library, at home, at the coffee store, wherever it is. You're sitting there and you're studying this stuff. Ask yourself, what are you learning? What are you really studying? What is the point and purpose of this? Or are you wasting precious moments of your youth you just don't have too much of? You don't have enough of it. Learning things you're never going to use, going to be ultimately pointless and worthless, have nothing to do with your discipline or study. And then ask yourself if it's worth it. Because it's got to be torture, man, to sit there and study something that has nothing to do with your degree, isn't going to help you get employed, or heaven forbid it has everything to do with your degree and still won't help you get employed. <laughs> Only to forget all of it, and ultimately the reason you forget it because it has no bearing or use in the real world. Again, I, I must have driven, I thought they were like, well, just... This must be an important chart. There's a chart. Charts are important. And here I am in a management class. Like All these flow charts and diagrams can't remember a single one because it has no real world bearing in the bleeping real world. We could, again, we could stop this 2017. We could stop it. You just raise awareness. I hate to use that term. You tell people about Worthless Degree Awareness Month. You get them the book worthless. If you don't know what, I know, I know a huge hurdle is, oh, I don't know what to do. I mean, they told me I got to go to college. My parents, I have to go to college. Otherwise, it's going to kick me out. What do I do? Get the book reconnaissance, man. That's for you guys who say, well, I don't know what, what I want to study. If you don't know what to study, then don't go. What's your plan B? It's reconnaissance, man. Get the book. Read it. But please, the next time you find yourself or a friend of yours or somebody you care about, relative or not, child or not, nephew or not, just somebody you care about, this is apolitical. This is going to help out leftists more than it is rightists, even though I'm an evil right-wing libertarian, white, male, straight, cisgendered. About the only thing I'm not is Christian, which would irk everybody a little bit more, but I'm not. The whole point being, this helps out everybody. If anything, it disproportionately helps out people who lean to the left because they're the ones that predominantly go in major and worthless stuff. And I'm trying to tell you young kids, high school or college age, even those of you who happen to be younger adults who are like, oh, maybe should I go back to college? Should I get your master's? Please, don't waste your time. Really, criti- really critically think about this. Stop and ask yourself, is this worth my time wasting my life? To get some piece of paper that won't result in in further employment? Do I really want to go and spend six years in college so I could get a master's degree in education learning this crap that ain't going to help nobody? Oh, but hey, here's here's almost a foot thick of instruction manuals handed down by the state of Minnesota's education department? You, You guys are going to die. You will die. I cannot emphasize enough. You are going to die, and it's coming way too quickly. Sit and ponder how old you are now. Most of you are in your 20s or so, and realize you're already a third dead. Now, do you want to F around and piss it away like you have the the first third of your life, or do you want to maybe have some practicality and use in your life? 
And for those of you who are in your 30s and 40s thinking, well, I should go get my master's. Kind of high voice there because women disproportionately go and get master's in worthless fields. All right. You are half dead. Half dead. Do you still have student loans? You, you want to go sit and study some more? You've only been in school since you were five back in 1981. Seriously, think about this. And seriously, get the book Worthless. Get the other book Reconnaissance Man and share this. Share this with people you care about so you prevent them from ruining their lives. All right, let's make Worthless Degree Awareness Month count. And let's put all these scam schools out of business by 2018, all right? No enrollment for liberal arts and humanities college in 2018. None. The, the, the young, you want to talk about, oh, education, oh, teachers all care about the children, huh? Ed, do you care about them as much as I do? Because I sure as heck don't want them having your employment prospects where they're sitting there on a beautiful summer day reading through a foot-thick page of note of manuals. I want them to go and be actually successful and happy in life and not have, like, I want their brains to be stimulated, engaged, enriched, so that when they're 80 years old, they're like, why did I waste those summers in the coffee shop? (sighs) Can't even remember anything interesting or engaging. You're not going to remember Porter's five forces models. You're not going to remember the difference between goals and objectives. And you sure as heck are not going to miss that Excel spreadsheet that you had up. It's just too short otherwise, guys. All right, that's it. You guys tune into the Clary Podcast. Uh, what else we got? We got all my books on Amazon. We got my blog, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. And what? Oh, no, we did the Clary Podcast. Oh, Asshole Consulting. Sorry, AssholeConsulting.com. All right, we'll see you guys later. Toodles.